controls me, Jack. Nobody controls me. I'm the one that goes all over the world, and I beat people up. I'm not in a big ego rush. I'm not after all the bright lights and the little women. I got a big fat wife and nine kids at home, and I got to feed them. is going on everybody this is the eat sleep believe with me podcast your weekly aw review and breakdown i am the digital duke they call me the digital phantom this is my good brother chazarino charlie how's it going there bye bye bye, bye. doing just wonderful welcome everyone to another episode of eat sleep elite yo 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 <laughs> bro, we didn't even have that in the notes. A fucking rock. We did we even talk about the rock when he was back, bro? Did we even mention it on the pod? Yeah. Right, hit us with the fucking DM if we did, because I don't remember talking about it, but I probably we were probably like chalked, checked, because it was probably ranked week one or something. Like I mean, we were just like dead. But dead. Uh, speaking of dead, I'd only got like ten kills in the ranked game earlier, guys. I'm getting cooked in every game mode help. Somebody carry me anyway. Um it's Charlie doesn't want to carry me anyway. Um yeah, all right, so we got a lot of good shit to talk about today, honestly. There's, like, a bunch of stuff to talk about in news. Not really a bunch, but there's some important stuff. Some massive news stories dropped, like, at the end of the week this week. Um, one of which is because Uchigo Ohada's contract is being up. You know what I mean? Like, um, which I don't think anybody knew, right? I mean, people probably knew it had inside information, like Dave and people like that. But it was not publicized by any, by either side. You know what I mean? Um so, when was this known, Charlie? I don't remember hearing about this. I remember hearing we, about we there was had talk like a rumor mill about a month ago where we where we said the rose is off the bloom, and I, yeah, I remember even saying like, that to you off stream. Like, oh, but Okada, you know what happens? Okada's officially free agent, so we're definitely well, how little about they that. used him last year. It felt like he was at the end. You know what I mean? Like when I say yeah. how little they used him a lot, but like how little he was in the main main spots. He ended up having to fill when the four kids didn't end up you know resulting in what they wanted it to, but. Like, I don't know. It's crazy, though. We'll get to it. Uh, Raw's going to be on Netflix. So we got our first wrestling streaming. I mean, it's not our streaming deal. We had the Peacock deal, but it's our first, like, it's just going to be on streaming. There's not going to be a TV deal. This is the TV deal now. You know what I mean? You have to go watch it on Netflix, uh, which I think, by the way, bodes well for AEW's future. Um, even if AEW doesn't stay on TV, say they don't get a TV deal or they don't opt to go for a TV deal this next time, this is a possibility now. There's a precedent. You know what I mean? Yep, and they have proven with the Wembley show now that they're. I guess I should save this, but it's you know like, it, it, well, I'll, I'll save uh, put a, put a pin in that. Remind, remind me of what I was saying there if you can, Charlie, because uh, I want to save that for that topic, obviously, because you know we'll, we'll get into it. When we get into it. We got a rankings coming back, which I'm sure we'll have both got opinions about. You all know how I felt about the rankings before. If you've been around for a while, um, I'll save that for that section as well. We have some updates on injuries. We got our Dynamite Collision Rampage Ring of Honor results. And make sure whatever podcast platform you had to be listening to this on, be that Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Spotify, or whatever you're listening to us on, give us that follow in or subscribe. And make sure you follow us on Twitter at Eat Sleep Elite for the main show one. If you want to hit us with those DMs like I was talking about, you can also follow me at Bane Duke. That's B-A-N-E-D-U-K-E. And Charlie at O oh, Charlie with an X instead of an A. That's right. That's what would that be? O H C H whatever the fuck. Anyway, so um once you threw the X in there, I was t- I was shocked. I was never going to remember that. You know, I still have to remember that when I type you, when I'm like trying to like search you on Twitter, like for whatever reason, like if I want to see a tweet that I saw like, that I can't find or something, like 
Because you tweet yeah. something every now and then, I'll be like, oh, I gotta, I gotta like send that back and be like, yo, this is like, you know, like anyway. But um, so yeah, that's 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 our opening of the show off of five cups of coffee. No, I think it's probably like four. I've like had four cups of coffee today. Um, my call outs in ranked are crap. That's all I know. This coffee thing is a good is a good look hot. for me. And then you know what? It's it's a good show for the vibes to be hot. Hundred percent. This was a good show this week. Dude, you know what, Charlie? I'll keep it a buck with everyone. Do you remember what I said to you earlier this week when we were playing? uh, I think it was on Sunday of last week, maybe. No, it was some other day. Whatever. No, it wasn't Sunday. Earlier this week, I remember saying to you, "I'm just not really feeling wrestling right now." Not even wrestling. Just AEW is just kind of like I know we're in that six week phase before the next pay per view. You know, like and. It's a long, the beginning of the year is always long, you know, we get really good wrestling though because of that. And, uh, you know, and you reminded me then, I was like, yeah, I guess there was some good stuff this week, but my brain's just, I know they're on Mars, I guess, when it comes to wrestling lately. So, um, my reviews are still good though. I just, I, I thought I'd be honest with everybody because, you know, people appreciate when we do that on the show. So I thought I'd, I, you know, uh, be honest, like I was with you earlier this week. And I just, I don't know. I just, something feels off to me, but I, I, I think this week can be a remedy to that, Charlie. And we'll get into all that stuff. Uh, and you'll be starting us off here this week because we're going to our favorites. We love to start off the show with a little bit of positivity in the wrestling world because there's so much fucking hate in the IWC. Everyone hates each other. The sky is falling. AEW dead. Charlie, hit me with your favorite this week because it's a good yeah. one. So, so. Um, All the doubters can shut the fuck up now after this fucking conversation. <laughs> right away, uh, when this week started, you know, there's there's one match I was looking forward to the most. And I it, we, we were saying last week, it's a make or break moment. That was Samoa Joe versus Hook. Just for a little uh, little backstory, uh, for about six, seven years now, and you're going to know this, I've mentioned this on the show before, but my favorite under 10-minute match has been from Ring of Honor, and it was Punishment Martinez versus Marty Skrull. And I, I've always said, that to me was perfect for an under 10-minute match. A lot of people will point to like some of the Brock and Roman stuff, or maybe Brock Goldberg. Like, they... To them, that just encapsulates encapsulates perfectly under 10 minutes. Okay, now that that's set, I thought Samoa Joe and Hook is now my new favorite under 10-minute match I've ever seen. And I'm not kidding. It takes the cake. It's number one for me now. And my God, Duke, whoever booked or whoever, like, like orchestrated like the agent, this match The agent, goes, the producer, whatever you want to call yeah, them, yeah. Whoever put this together... They knew who they were working with, and they it was I think it was flawless. Like genuinely. Do you want to know who I think it was now that I think about it? This match was flawless. You know who I think it was? I I think I know who it was. Because it makes all the sense in the world. Because I believe he's done this in the past. I think it was Taz. It could have been Taz. I could see that. And and guys, I just I gotta say He probably was involved either way, you know. Samoa Joe being our AEW world champion, it there there's a whole new different vibe to the show. And I think this is something we're gonna get into across the weeks and you know maybe it wasn't as in our face as it was week one of Samoa Joe's champion as it is week three AEW as a whole is benefiting from this and now now that's not to say oh you know thank god MJF's gone no MJF was, was the greatest champion we've ever had like and and I think having sleep that on time that. dedicated that we did to MJF and, and CM Punk when 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 they were on their respective shows that 30 minutes that each of them – I say 30 minutes. That's just a generic sum up because some nights it was more, some nights it was less. But those guys got about a well, – There were the episodes show. of Dynamite where MJF was in the opening like like video segment, video like promo. He was on the show in like a 10-minute-ish like promo you know, segment where he would go back and forth where he yeah. was feuding with. 
he'd be on there with an Adam Cole segment. And then he'd also have like on the weeks when they were doing the Adam Cole and him becoming best friends, they would have multiple of those sometimes. And again, and they don't always great, add up. To, especially when the devil got going and it was just, well, I'm just talking that, about some volume of amount of things. There was probably episodes of down where he was on like an hour of the show or something, you know, across and, the board, which is good because he's worth it. But yeah, we have that and, stuff open now. And now we have Samoa Joe here wrestling hook and I'll just get into the match real quick. Uh, yeah, hit it. This, it, we immediately open up with, uh, going into the match, you, you know you're expecting, what is Hook going to do with Samoa Joe? S- Hook immediately opens this match. He, he's hitting him with corner strikes. He's fucking punching him as hard as he can. And Joe just ragdolls him. He's beating him up with chops. He then takes Hook, sends his ass to the barricade. Um, Hook does like a bounce back with this leaping forearm that was absolutely beautiful, by the way. Very good. Yeah, you to get back that. inside, Joe, he just shuts down Hook's fucking offense, man. It wasn't happening. Um, he hits a running back elbow. He lights Hook up with some more body shots uh, in Enziguri. And he, Joe's just start the shit talking begins. Taz on the commentary is starting to get a little concerned. By the way, what they did with Taz throughout this, the development oh, yeah. throughout this 10 minutes was oh, awesome. Kicked out of the muscle buster at one and Taz fucking popped off because he thought he was about to win the match. Bro, dude, oh my god. Yeah. So, Joe hits the signature chop to the back, a punt kick, an elbow drop for the two count. Um, Joe size and Hook's trying to hit a T-bone. And uh, Joe size doesn't allow it to happen. Hook picks up the leg, takes Joe to the floor. He has Superman punch off the apron. At this point, the energy of this match is through the roof. Like, like that, it, if I can't believe it was it was under ten minutes because the crazy was we so, all know everybody in that so crowd, me, you, we all knew there's no way he's winning this match. But there was still that aura. I don't know how they made yes. that happen, dude. Um, Joe ends up countering and he smashes Hook through the announce table with Uranagi in one of the fucking most ridiculous table spots I think I've ever seen. Yeah, I just folded over after he bounced. It was, so it was crazy. Cool. Yeah, it, it actually so worked. Good. It was a table fail that actually actually ended up helping the situation somehow. Like, which I've you know sometimes they break and it just looks silly, but that that shit looked it fucking. Taz violent. is definitely freaking out at this point. Joe's taunting him. Hook ends up flipping him out, flipping him off. Um, a power bomb against the edge of the ring. Uh, Bryce calls on the doctors at this point. They're tending to Hook. Taz has to put his headset down. He's so emotional to go check on mm-hmm. his son. Uh, he stays back. Hook shoves the doctor. Um, he breaks the count at nine. He rolls right into Samoa Joe, power slam, Death Valley driver, both two counts. He hits a muscle buster. Hook kicks out at one. The crowd goes fucking ballistic. Like you said, Taz pops huge. He runs wild with some clotheslines, some body shots. He finally hits the T-bone suplex. And the way they built it up, it was so rewarding. This T-bone suplex got a legit fucking pop. He goes for the red drum. Joe blocks it. Coquina clunge. Sinks it in deep. Uh, Hook fades away. Joe wins. He classifies himself as obsolete. Sorry. And wow. Brain broken. The, the match was just fucking, it was incredible. Samoa Joe's ten minutes. is That's off crazy. to the perfect spot. They took yeah, us on it, a ride in that short amount of time. Really did. So yeah, before we jump into the post-match here, just any, yeah. any other quick thoughts you had on, on, on Hook himself finally being in this spot. And in my opinion, he, he, he exceeded expectations. I, I think, think Hook delivered in this spot. 
I think it's really good that do you remember when Samoa Joe was Ring of Honor television champ and like at the beginning it felt like he was a monster, right? Then he was off TV for a while. I think it was injuries or something like that, or they just didn't have him on for a while, right? Yeah. Um, and we were always like, "Man, this guy's good. Why were they not using him?" Okay, well, um, this to me feels like now that he's transitioned ever since he started with this feud with MJF, right? Back his first one, not the one that he ended up winning, but the first one where where they did the week TV, whatever it was on TV, whatever it was. Grand Slam match. Yep. Yep, and they actually built it up as a feud. Like dude, that one was good because I like because they, they like to build up. Excuse me, they like to build up grand slams, and so that was a good angle leading into that. Sorry, I had to clear my throat there. Anyway, um, and as soon as that feud kicked off, I mean, we don't really acknowledge stuff like this because once we get somebody firing back on all cylinders, like this feels not like the like. Remember the level he was at right before the Brock feud that they ended up not being able to do anything with because Brock was meant for the main event and he was not. You know what I mean? Um, and remember that infamously, and even Paul Heyman's talked about it, how they really wanted to work with Samoa Joe, but they just, feds were not there at the time, which, uh, with, uh, Brock as champion. Um, or maybe it wasn't even a champion. Maybe he was going for, I don't even remember. The point is, do you know which feud I'm talking about? At that time, that was one of the best Joe was ever in WWE outside of NXT, right? I mean, everybody was, he was super over with the crowd. That was when he was doing shit like, you know, coming out and saying fucking Jeff Hardy's a drug addict and shit. Like, that? No, that was a great, that was a great segment. Anyway, oh, yeah. um, that that promo fucking circulates Twitter every couple of months. Yeah, that was oh, yeah. so funny. Yeah. Anyway, um, this feels like he's back to like TNA Joe, to the Joe that was NXT champion, the Joe that has been dominant everywhere he's gone in the world, and it feels like Hook was somehow elevated to that level in this match, Charlie. The crowd was going nuts. Like Hook is a main event talent that we've been seeing go after title after title and just not being able to win it. And the guys can't or something like that. Like this is insanity. They managed to to make us feel something here, which is kind of weird in wrestling these days. I feel like. And uh, showed he absolutely refused to quit. We had Joe looking like a demon sent to drag this guy to hell. I mean. Let's get to the post match because this match was just like something I love about wrestling. Like yes, and this this is why this post match is why I think the AEW title feels beyond fresh right now. And again, when we when we talk about this, it's not a dig at MJF, which I just want to make that clear because there are some people out there that are are really digging at MJF mainly for the last three months of his title reign. When we say this, it's not a dig at him. All right, every time you know. Your favorites can fucking come and go, but you know what? Sometimes you need something to freshen it up. After Samoa Joe gets the victory, he he goes to leave Hook alone. Hook asks if that's all he's got. This son of a bitch. Yeah, I, I, this son of a... Oh, my God. Joe returns, punts Hook, hits another, mu- hits another muscle buster, and he's like doing this little swag walk. He goes to leave. Hook's getting to his feet slowly, very slowly. Joe's about to actually execute this kid. Taz's son is about to die. Was this his Kofi Kingston moment? Remember when Kofi Kingston did this sort of a thing infamously, like, and it got him over his fuck with the crowd and they had to make him world champion? Like, is this that moment for it Hook? Might, it could have been. It, I, Hook's got, uh, we got to see where they go with Hook from here. Because the, the table's been set. Um, Hang still in a few dealer like two weeks ago. Like, what's going on? Yeah. Hangman's music hits. He hits the ring. Joe's walking up the ramp. Joe turns. He sees Swerve Strickland standing in the crowd with Prince Nana. The crowd starts chanting Swerve's house. Strickland and Nana leave through the crowd. Paige helps hook up. Um, who wants to walk away on his own, but he, that, he couldn't do that. Uh, th- there is a moment here, and I, I saw some of the people saying this online, where they thought, is Hangman about to turn heel and actually just execute Hook himself? 
I felt that did, vibe too. It didn't happen. Thankfully, again, I don't want Hangman. Dude, that, that would have been a misfire, 100%. I, I, I did feel like I they were going to go for it, though. Or is it safe to say we're both in that crowd? We don't want Hangman heel. Hangman um, is, is the only thing. Said, I've said infamously on this podcast multiple times that I would love a Hangman heel run. I don't think it needs to happen now, though. But, I, I, I mean, yeah. I, I don't at some Hangman point, I think... Any, anytime soon. He needs to be the fucking, the baby face all the fe- heels fear. Um, that should be the only reason he joins the Dark Order, because he's a bad Samoa guy. That's Joe, my opinion. There's a moment in Samoa Joe's eyes when he realizes what he's done and the position he's in when he has the two of the top dogs, two of the most badass motherfuckers in wrestling. You want to take a look at just last year alone with the death matches. These are killers and they're coming after him. There's a moment in his eyes when he realizes what the position is he's in. And this is why Samoa Joe is becoming an actor. It was fucking perfect. It was absolutely perfect. And this is why he's been cast on Twisted Metal again. Like, like this is why Samoa Joe has a career beyond wrestling. It was fucking perfect. And it's that kind of emotion that it it, it told the story. Samoa Joe's face told the entire story. And um, it was just absolutely... Bro's name Joe from Samoa, apparently. Just, they're just good yeah. actors, man. It was, it was absolutely brilliant. And, uh, you know, we're three weeks in. And I got to tell you, AEW is really, it's, it's genuinely firing on all cylinders. And let's, let's jump into your match now, because again, I wrote that exact phrase like eight times for the same moments. Like, like there's more specifics I'll get into when I do the dynamite review in a little bit, but the, the, like we're, we're seeing a change of pace and let's, let's jump into your match because, uh, very good stuff. I just gotta say, Buddy Matthews theme. Fucking so metal, bro. Love that shit. Ben um, Matthews versus Daniel Garcia. Uh, Cash and Dax still out here, you know, involved in this stuff. So this thing's obviously, we ended up finding out later, uh, spoilers, that there was going to be, what is it, a trio steel cage match or something like that? Or no, wait, what is it? Yeah, it's trios. Is that what it is? Yes. Yeah, trios cage match between these uh, six, which, my God, you know what I mean? Um, and that's going to be fucking insane and going to be a great blow off to this, like, what great just beginning of the year TV title, TV title, TV, uh, like just television right, wrestling feud we had. I don't know why I couldn't find the words there, but it's a regular TV feud. Like, we don't get a lot of those all the time. We get them in these periods when we have a lot of TV and no oh, pay-per-view for a while. Um, They did consolidate on some of that. That's the phrase of the day, apparently, Charlie. Uh, It feels like um, with the new pay-per-views being added last year, but... Uh, good stuff. Uh, I like, like I, I love Cash and Dax giving Daniel gas in this match and be like, oh, don't wrestle him. Do that. That's, that's I love hearing shit like that. simple, and yet it, it adds so much to the story they're telling. So something you pointed out to me that I did not know because you'd seen this on Twitter because we ended up watching this show together, actually, Collision, by the way, is what this was on. Um, I forgot to point that out. Um, the, the House of Black, uh, sorry, sorry, I should say Buddy Matthews did not actually hurt himself in this match. He did a little angle where he starts working the leg a little bit into the commercial because he took a, like a bit of a weird landing, but he just pivoted in the match and decided to do that. And Danny just jumped right on it. It was good stuff. You know what I mean? And it works into the out wrestle him, if you want to call it that, like bit that they did. So it's like, it's just like good timing. That would might have been, might have heard them say that. And I'm like, all right, let me do the calculation really quickly. You know what I mean? Like, and I could see Buddy being like super smart like that. You know what I mean? Um, there was this DDT that they hit on one time. I think it was like, was it was it like a draping DDT or was it just like he caught him coming back into the ring? I guess that's kind of the same thing, right? Um, yeah. And it, he sells the fuck out of this knee that's also from Buddy on the outside. Oh my fucking God. There was so much selling in this match, dude. 
you two honestly charlie hit me with this because i think these are actually two of the best at selling in the company i think that's probably pretty fair to say like no, buddy's no, super no, underrated but people joke about buddy matthews being kenny omega jr or or you know a little, <laughs> that's what a kenny does kenny better omega. than any anybody else is he's the best i, I think yeah. kenny you know i love brian danielson and brian danielson can sell with the best of them kenny omega might have the best sells in the business like and people call him like and, and people make fun of him for what he does but it, it's because he's so fucking good and they, they, they people they like and, never and, could and do there's, that there's there's that's why there's obvious traits of that in Takeshita, and like i said it's a joke but it's 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 there it's just selling some of my favorite in the entire box. yeah he can do everything in his power like like the only three, person that even might touch yeah. him is Will, and Will is about to be in this company too. So, like, <laughs> the Kenny Omega learning tree is truly the most legendary in wrestling history. Like, um, yeah. Anyway, um, I did. I love uh, the crazy hospital pile drivers are doing on the fucking apron every three. Day. I love that. Like last year or last couple of years, it was like the uh, Canadian destroyers. And we still get our Canadian destroyers in AW, especially when the Lucha Bros are involved, but. This year, it feels like it's apron fucking hospital pal drivers, bro. It's fucking awesome. I love it. You know what I mean? Yeah. They're also doing... There was something else they were doing. It was like... It was like... Not apron. was like a, something off the turnbuckle. I can't remember what it was. But anyway, like they always have these like fucking things everybody's trying to do. I wonder if it's like backstage or like... I bet I could do a fucking crazier move on the apron. Yeah, bullshit. I'll bet you $50 you can. You know what I mean? Probably more than 50 But you know what I mean? Like, I'll bet you 500 bucks you can. I'll bet you my fucking check for this week. Like, you know what I mean? Like, ah, shit. You know? Like, shit. Uh, hard knees back and forth. Buddy's just fucking. Uh, Buddy's been so good lately, bro. I mean, him and uh, and Malachi going on their little tag run that they did in their last. At, sorry, I should say like like last couple months to end of the year. Maybe it was like last couple weeks to end of the year, whatever it was. Like, um, as well as we have all the really good stuff. I mean, we have to tip, even though he's not in this match. Uh, you know, we have to tip Brody's performance in the fucking Continental Classic. Like, oh my god, um, this faction's going places. Honestly, Charlie. With who they've been interacting with in the last several weeks, do you think the House of Black are all about to go on like the the rocket to the top, possibly being the next people to maybe face off with Joe or something? Like, there's tons of options. Uh, I, I think right now, and what what makes the House of Black and what made the acclaimed so so unique is is you can tell these stories over and over, and they never need the titles or anything. Like, I think Julia can just go do her own thing completely separately, yeah, like, and nobody like even questions just, it. And she can still show up with her with them in their matches, and vice versa. This is literally a main event collision feud. No titles needed. It's just people that hate each other, and it's a story that's been going on for a few weeks. Didn't you now. say this is the best thing that's been happening on TV that's not related to the world title? Like probably. Like it's definitely up there. Yes, got to be in the top it's five. It's been a lot of fun. It's been a really enjoyable feud. FTR is that good. And we slam the table so much that, and and it's it's one of the worries with AW br- even bringing on another title, is that sometimes when they just have too many titles, they forget non-title programs. And the reality is, wrestlers probably benefit more from non-title programs than from title programs. If everyone knows the winner, like who are we caring? We're caring much more about this than what Orange Cassidy's doing right now. That's for damn sure. Hundred percent. And so. So what set up that steel cage match was there was a post match beat down after Danny picks up a fucking huge win here over Buddy Absolutely Matthews. Huge win for Garcia. Is this? It's, I always say, is this the biggest win in his career? Probably not. Probably Danielson was that. Oh, yeah, two yeah. Danielson P- wins, right? Danielson, yes, no. This is top five though for sure. And because Buddy, I mean, I'm trying to think about Buddy. Buddy, like five years ago, was in the fucking main event angles all over fucking WWE television. You know what I mean? I mean. Bro, like, I mean, maybe five years ago. How, 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 how he was doing that shit with Rollins. You know what I mean? Like, um, like, yeah, dude. This dude, 
I love that Buddy's been to the top and now he's like back in the middle, but like he's still one of the best wrestlers in the world. It's fucking wild, bro. I love this shit. All right, let's get let's get out of favorites, but that shit was good. Any other thoughts you had on this match? I kind of bulldozed this whole segment. Yeah, I mean, you name it. Uh, the the double rising knees to that jackhammer. That's a sequence I can't get out of my head. Uh, absolutely beautiful. Uh, Garcia dodging the curb stomp. How's the guy half the size of Wink going to hit the best jackhammer of the guy that hits that move? Like, what the fuck? Yeah, and you know, unintentionally now, this is three weeks in a row where Buddy Matthews has been your favorite pick of the week. So, uh, Wait, is that really true? Buddy's been in three yes, times in a row? No three cap, weeks in a row, he's been your awesome. favorite. So uh, I think he's off to a good start for you this year. And, you know, Buddy's someone that we want to see more of this year. I think... Uh, I think last bro, year. Those stats are going to be fun to track this year. Lines. Imagine last year. I wonder what my streak with Cassidy got up to, bro. I had to be like 10 plus weeks in a row at some point. Like, yeah. So we're going to, like I said, we're keeping, we're keeping track of our favorites this year. It's going to be fun to look back at the end of the year. Um, and yeah, so we got some really big news this week, guys. And let's just, let's start off at the very top here. And before we get into like injuries or anything, I think, uh, our number one story this week. Let's talk Okada. Okay. So Okada. Okada. as of January 31st, Okada will no longer be under new Japan pro wrestling contract. He will be doing two matches after that. And then he's out. Um, tomorrow or funny enough today, whenever you guys are listening to this, he, Okada is wrestling his last match at Corican hall for new Japan. This, they're making a big deal out of this. He's gone. I got to tell you, man, I, the way that they phrase it, the way everything's been going on, I don't think we're going to see some undercover story to TNA. I just, I don't see it. I, I know, I know there's, he wrestled there recently and he kissed the ring and he, he spoke about how much he loved it. I think that's, you can wrestle dates there. I mean, people I do that all the time. More along the lines of he's come, he, 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 it's not gonna, it doesn't scar him or, or however people like to phrase it, you know, how the Young Bucks were Generation Me and how they went on to talk about how much they hated it and how Okada was treated like a fucking nobody. And, you know, I, I think more or less that's moving past old wounds, right? And, and now he's, he's got closure with TNA. It's, it's gonna be AEW or WWE most likely. And that's how that's, nice for him that it's actually not it because it could have an impact, right? He probably still would have done the same thing, but it's literally called TNA again when he's doing this. It's actually yeah. kind of brilliant. Uh, it's not looking like he's going to one of the other Japanese companies, unless that's the shock of it all. Is maybe he goes to Noah I, again? I just it doesn't seem like it's happening, or all Japan. Right? But that would be unfair. Noah having all of the greatest Japanese wrestlers of all time wrestle there would just be not right. Which leads us to WWE or AEW, and you know my gut's just telling me right now with. The whole New Japan, the way the way New Japan's closing right now, I, I got a feeling it's going to be WWE, and that's just that's just the gut feeling right now. Now, is he going to go the NXT route? There was a rumor that broke uh, earlier Tuesday about that. Again, I I don't see that happening. Now, if if all of a sudden NXT has Julia, Ilya Dragunov, and Okada, I mean, holy fucking shit! But I don't think it's going to. I messaged you this earlier, and you know when we were kind of talking about this even potentially happening you know, throughout the week. There's one name that always comes back to me, and it's it's Okada and Gunther. Like, if they if they present Okada the way he should be presented in WWE, and he wrestles fucking Gunther in his first match at WrestleMania, 
I don't know if there's a bigger star making performance than that, other than him literally debuting winning the Rumble, which is impossible because he's it's still the same energy as contract. Cody versus Seth off the street. That's how you do it. Same vibes. You know what I mean? You you do it as big as possible. And this is how you do it. That's how you set it up. You have Gunther come out on uh, after he's done with Punk because I think that's who he's going to feud with probably next. If Punk's not in the Titan, you know, winning the Royal Rumble or whatever. Because I saw, by the way, did you see that fucking segment between? Um, uh, who was it? Uh, uh, who did Punk have a uh, Cody him and Cody? Punk. Oh, that shit was so good. Anyway, sorry, I, I do have to. I have to go. I always jazz Cody whenever we say whenever I see something from him. You know what I mean? Because um, he's a fucking boy. Because he fucking changed the industry. Proved me wrong. Anyway, um, Cody uh, Rhodes uh, is a fucking Mount Rushmore wrestler for that. For, for yeah, that, that was one of the best comebacks I've ever seen in a promo. I was fucking insane. I'm sure it was planned and scripted, but even if it was, like, I don't work within that and fucking have that come out. I don't know, like, you know. Well, that promo felt like the part two to the balls promo. It really balls. did. Balls. It, it felt did like, because it he set it like up there. He wanted balls. to talk about because he, he was talking about how at that time, because Punk was obviously we didn't think could be leaving anytime soon. Probably was locked into a long term contract, and so he probably didn't think he was ever going to have a chance to do it when he knew he was going back to WWE at that point. Um, so, yeah, but I mean, um, I, I, look, man, Okada, I, I think he has to. I think. Oh, I'll, I'll get back to what I was saying. So, yeah, you have him say, I've beaten every wrestler in the world. I want a, I want new competition. Vince McMahon, get me an opponent. You know what I mean? Or something like that. And then you have a fucking coin Triple H, get me an opponent. You know, like. That's all. And, uh, you hit the coin drop and that's it. Yep. There you go. Just like when you do Cody's music. You know what I mean? Except it's even bigger. Sorry, no offense, Cody. But, you know. Oh, God, it's like we're the biggest talking, wrestling we're talking free agent of all time. Of Japan is the biggest prime. free agent in wrestling history? Is that is he that? Is, like, People won't value him. Uh, I think to us as like like straight wrestling fans, we're going to have them that high. But there's people that you know they only watch WWE or they only watch AEW, so maybe they don't they don't value them as high as we do. But who's bigger? I'm trying to think. Like, who even comes close? Like it's out like, there. I mean, you're talking. You'd have to go to the fucking NWO era or AJ Styles in the 2010s, right? Twenty times AJ mean, Styles is probably the only one recently in history like that comes close. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, before New Japan that, got you're, the you're talking on like that. the '90s, right? You're talking like Hogan and shit. So yeah, probably yeah. Probably, I mean, yeah. Uh, it's 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 something unheard of. I got to tell you right now, guys. If if Okada goes to WWE, I mean, we're gonna have to talk about some of those matches that happens because just like Gunther, we had we literally did a whole show last year just because we we saw a Gunther match on the card that we had to watch. It was uh. Which was it? WrestleMania. It was the first. I forgot night. we did a fucking WWE review last year. We did a whole year. show review last year because we we're like, you know what? It actually did okay, I think too. Yeah, I, th- I think people enjoyed it, and um, I mean, Gunther's just—he's so special that you know, just as straight wrestling fans, got to just enjoy it. So. If he's if he's wrestling Okada or somebody crazy this year, which probably will be a WrestleMania because the track record's been crazy so far. Like, I'm in. You know what I mean? I'll probably check out some oh, matches 100%, on Mania. Hundred percent, and. Uh, you know, you know, it's not every week we talk WWE on the show, but uh, sometimes we have to, and we're gonna carry right into it. Again, that being said, if Okada goes to AEW, obviously it's going to be fucking incredible. Um, I mean, know, it's kind of necessary. Not ready to jump off the Okada topic yet because I want to throw this at you because we haven't had a chance to talk Go about ahead. this on the show. Go ahead. I think this is an absolute failure of New Japan's booking last year. Oh fucking Christ, dude! Um. They How much did we complain had... about this guy being? He was trios champion the entire fucking year, basically. They should have planned. They should have at least planned for him leaving. And in 2012, when Okada went to New Japan Pro Wrestling, he smoked Tanahashi, and he instantly became one of the names that everyone recognizes. 
there is no way you can fucking convince me now that this Sonata title reign that they did was worth it. Because it should have been Okada. You should have had Yoda Sushi. Didn't even walk make in. Sonata in the end. It kind of, I think it cost exactly. him in the end. Sonata did nothing. He didn't elevate himself nope. at all now. And Yoda Suji should have fucking beaten Okada. And now you'd be in a position where you have a face going forward. And and now you're sitting here scratching your fucking balls. No, no, no. Well, let's give Sonata his flowers. He had a great run in the in the New Japan Cup last year. But Sure. But, but it, the title Okada itself. Win at Dominion, dog then. It's like it, Yeah, it I just, know. You're it, right. It doesn't you're right. they should have planned for this. And now they're going to be sitting here with no one at the front of their fucking line, and their ace is not passing the torch, and it's their own fault. Do you think this is going to hurt their sales for like, like their like ticket sales in Japan? Supposedly Cause... the ticket, everything's already down. Oh like, fuck, that's not good. And if, if they're not making money to comp- if they're losing Will Ospreay, could, could New Japan Okada. could New Japan fold? Is that a reality I don't that we think could be they in? Can fold, but I think we enter a scenario. I mean, who do they have? They just become feeders for the two American companies, and that is that not something sad. we fucking need. That is that absolutely sad. sad. We're kind of already there, though, honestly. Osprey and Okada in the same year. The I mean, if, if Osprey goes to AEW and Okada to WWE, that's literally the definition of they're losing their what biggest What if they sport. both go to AEW, bro? If they both go to yeah. AEW, that's double, triple, mega L. You're out. You're fucking done. Toast, fucking see you later. Bye. And it's just, I, I had to say that real quick because you know what? If they should have had this planned, and now we're going to be sitting here with, like they they better. Hey, Matt Seidel, make him make him a fucking star in Japan. He can do it. You need to fast track Yoda Suji beating him, and you have to do it like in his last match or something. You got to you got to try something. You got because in Japan. No, no, no. I got I got to keep it a buck, dude. If you panic book Yoda Suji to beat Okada on his way out, people are not going to buy that, bro. I'm sorry. Like they might not, but you know what? It's better than nothing because they got to do something. <laughs> Uh, Kosei Fujidosh, Mikey Nichols, and Shane Hayes should win the trios champions from him, and Okada should have one final match. And let's let's really hope it's either a no, you, got, you should or Yoda you should Suji. use uh, what little bit of Okada's care in the world that you have left at New Japan to make Kosei Fujita because he's had absolutely nothing the like last year we've been watching. They've done really nothing with him, you know, like and... yeah. But it's just it's no he'll he'll <laughs> excuse me he'll win the match. No, I'm saying, like, I want him to, like, because it would be really easy for you to put them against each other and have it be, like, this fucking young kid who is trying to break in and make his name against I mean, yeah, the fucking the greatest wrestler in the history of New we, Japan. Now it feels like we're getting no resolution to it from last Besides year. Besides obviously, you know, all those people like that. But so, like, <sighs> it's it's just a shame that they didn't prepare for this passing of the torch. And, uh, you know, as, as we follow New Japan, we I love New Japan. And it's just, it it sucks that they didn't prepare for this. And I think it's sad to think back to like the era of like 2014, 2015, when like the greatest wrestlers in the world at the time that were just refusing to go to the places because there was no AEW at the time, you know, like, like, you know what I mean? Like people that would just wrestle the best matches in the world that nobody would see because it was in Japan. You know what I mean? I I think if, if we're not going to one of the young kids now, I I think uh, you're about to agree with me too. It's got to be Shingo Takagi. You you have to yeah. let him be your guy. Book him as the top of the card. But no matter what, Wrestle Kingdom next year has to be two of the young guys against each other in the main event. It it cannot be older wrestlers. Um, it has to be either Yoda Suji versus Shooter. I or think you can Yuya. It's got to be. Could you elevate Hiromu to the level that? That Finn was at as a junior. Nah, I just don't see it because of a junior. 
It's, I'm yeah. saying, like, but as a junior, Finn was the best thing on the show for a long I think time. No matter what, though, one of those guys wins the G1 and the other's the champion, and, and you, you run that, which they should have done this year. But that's for another day. Let's get into this thing Can that's you move probably Hiromu change. Up to, to, is he big enough to move? Do you think you could get him to move up to heavyweight? Like, no, I think he's like 5'5, five, 5'4. Five, five, oh, yeah, he might not work out. Yeah. Fuck. Well, let's get into the other thing that's going to change wrestling forever. Um, WWE Raw is moving to Netflix. And uh, this is either a five-year deal or Netflix can make it a 10-year or a 20-year deal. Holy shit. If Netflix could just decide to lock them in for 20 fucking years. 20 years. Um, As of right now, we're talking a 10-year, $5 billion dollar deal. Five billion? Five billion billion dollar deal. deal. And what makes this so important is... This, this mean, sets the table for This is a so fucking war now, buddy. That's a lot of money to this sign people with. This sets the table with. for so many sports going forward. We've seen Peacock in the NFL this year. The, a Peacock had a playoff game. Okay? Yeah. Unreal. This is probably, I think, the best thing that could happen for wrestling. And and there's going to be people out there that are like, wow. Was that Peacock playoff game only on Peacock? Like there was only not streamed anywhere else? Whoa, that's crazy. Yep. Now, Peacock has a free tier. So, Netflix, there's no free tiers. Um, so, uh, people have already made the joke of You're WWE free cock? more expensive than their pay-per-views. Because uh, as far as we know, the pay-per-views were on Peacock still. Again, that gets a little muddy. But they're moving their whole catalog to Netflix, which is a fucking W. WWE is not going to Warner Brothers. I, I Let's just... I We even had to talk about it on here because there were so many people concerned. Warner Brothers is still AEW's. Is is it's probably going to be AEW's second contract. Now, if we talk about the third, if anything, this should make you feel more secure that AEW is going to stick around because even if WWE wanted out, right? Say they were just done, right, or some reason, which I don't think they will be, but say they were, right? Like, there's now an argument that any any streaming service should look at AEW. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, and and outside, this is huge for you guys outside of the United States. If you're in the UK. Raw, SmackDown, NXT, and Premium Live events are all on Netflix. So that's really huge for you guys in Canada, the UK, you name it. Um, so that'll be big. And uh, I got to tell you, just just right off the bat, uh, Duke, just talk to me. Wrestling, finally, this is, this is the first domino to fall in terms of wrestling not being on cable. I, I think this is this is monumental. Sports in general not being on cable. Let's just let's just say yeah, it how it is. You like, know, I mean, like we've just, had just, we've been seeing the the drippings over the last couple of years as various streaming services got NFL games that they could show that were also being broadcast simulcast on actual networks. Right? Yeah. Um, as you said, there was a Peacock game playoff game, one of the most important games of the year, obviously, because the playoff game. Um, and it still crushed the viewers like like twenty six million. It was, it was yeah. fucking ridiculous. Might have been sixteen. It was something yeah. like that. Yeah, I mean, even if it was 16, 26, it doesn't fucking matter. I mean, it was 10 plus million in this day and age, dude, getting that many viewers on anything. On a single streaming service that just came out, what, three years ago? Think about how many new subscriptions that probably was. Think about how many fucking billions or millions or whatever the fuck of dollars they just made. You know what I mean? Like, dumb amount. You know what I mean? Dummy, dummy thick money. You know what I mean? But, um, like, so that's a whole conversation that we could probably do a fucking hour podcast about just that topic in and of itself of how this is going to affect sports in the streaming world and sports, the streaming world in general and sports. Like if we're still doing our movie pop, we might have to do an episode separate to this on that. You know what I mean? Like, um, but anyway, 
So there's that. We'll leave that on the table because, you know, there's probably people talking about that side of things that you could get a lot of information about uh, if you were real curious about that side of things. But what I think is insane for wrestling is a property like a New Japan, a Noah, a stardom that maybe doesn't appeal to the entire width of the wrestling uh, audience or whatever, you know, maybe TNA even. Things that maybe don't necessarily get TV deals if shit doesn't go right. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, I think Japan TV deals are probably pretty locked in. I don't know. Wrestling is pretty popular over there, you know? But, like, whatever. You know, like, um, it, my point is, like, I, I think this is good because I feel like a lot more of, like, I feel like if there was any concern in people's minds that if TV went away, that wrestling might go with it, you know? Because there's nobody that'll be interested in investing in it. Tells me that these two companies, AEW, WWE, and I included New Japan because I think New Japan, if it were to have put things together last year, could have been back in the mix. I mean, they were getting good numbers. It feels like it felt like for a little while, you know, and stuff. Well, even New Japan World just got all that money and yeah. rebuilt its entire site. So I mean, they built it like they rebuilt it like a couple times. I feel like because the shit was shit, mm-hmm. like you know, like a couple different times. But um, I know we. I, I remember. It's <laughs> all I remember, Charlie. Is the beginning of the year when we were watching the Super Juniors. Shit was great, and then we came back to watch a pay per view like a few months ago or a month ago, whatever it was. And it was really like this month, actually. And it was like, what the fuck happened? Anyway, um, but I feel like I, I'm more confident than ever that AEW is going to get something, regardless of what happens with WWE yes, or whatever. And, and I think this should uh, – Andrew Zarian has, has mentioned this AEW and Max thing for a long time. And he said they're just ironing out the small things. I, I, this yes. should put, let everyone know Max, which that already has to does now. the live stuff, like it's going to happen. It's it just a matter now. of when, you know, so I, I'm really hoping revolution. I'm still thinking revolution is going to be our last one. That's traditional pay-per-view and then double or nothing. I let's just fucking put your cross, your fucking fingers, make a prayer that double or nothing is on max. And ne- then everyone can watch a pay-per-view fucking smart. By the way, does Tony Khan look for investing in ring of honors, honor club service, by the way? <sighs> yeah. Because so now, think about pair it. That up and, you know, yep. You can either pair it up, he could say, hey, you can have this entire catalog and we'll put it on Max, or he can look at another streaming company and say, hey, I have this entire pre-built service. If you want to fucking just run Ring of Honor as one of your properties, you know, I can literally just loop, loop it into your shit, or however that works. I don't know if that's how that will work, but like, we already have this and we know how it works. We can literally just give you the whole catalog because we have all of it. You know what I mean? Like, I think that this to me proves further that Tony Khan knows the fuck he's doing. Like, I, I, I don't know. Like, yeah, this no, is like, agreed. Agreed. This and, and I think I, I'm, I'm excited to see when the AEW news finally drops about, you know, what's happening with them, the future. We got three shows on, on fucking Turner right now on, on TV. So it's pretty exciting. Um, last little bit of non AEW news. One of our boys, master Watto, torn ACL, so uh, no, he's probably going to be out through the Super Juniors this year. That's fucking tragic. Very sad day. Um, in, a, in a time when New Japan's going to be looking for domestic talent, especially to just really kind of carry carry towards the future. Nah, he's good, dude. They they, they know what they have. Oh, oh, he won the know, tournament it last just, it year. It's just there's so many opportunities right now that I would love. I would have loved to see him. You know, just really excel in this time, and it's uh, it's unfortunate. So, wishing the best for Master Watto. The injury bug is is fucking brutal, man. Torn ACL is really really rough. So, wishing wish wishing you the best, Master Watto. And uh, you know, let's jump into some some good news here. 
uh, AEW has signed, reportedly reached a deal with Black Taurus. Um, Black Taurus was absolutely incredible at the last Ring of Honor show. He's a fantastic wrestler. Uh, this is this is coming from Lucha Blog, which has been quoted by Tony Khan before. Tony Khan has said many times that he used to watch Lucha Blog and use their website to watch Mexican wrestling when he was younger. And um, they just broke this news. And uh, the translation reads, just to thank AAA and that from now on I'll be an independent free agent. Black Taurus continues his career in the USA and Mexico as a free agent. And why not? Maybe the CMLL. That was I just, please earlier in the year. They're signing him. Please get the Kingo, bro. Please. That Tony was gone. Yeah, that was earlier in the year. And uh, did we talk about that last week where AAA and TNA made a deal? I don't know. But those guys are all partnership now. So steal the Kingo. Do it. Deal it. Take it away. Um, but yeah, so is Black Taurus perfect for Ring of Honor right now? I Genuinely. think so. I hope so. I yeah. mean, he was really good in all the appearances that I've seen with him on the, I think it was on the Ric Flair show. I want to say it's the first place I saw him. And then I saw him again on like a TNA show or something, maybe or something. I don't know. Every time I see the guy's name on a match card, I'm like, I got to fucking see what this crazy psycho in the black Taurus mask does. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. He so, was not BWG, wasn't he? Yeah. I think this I is think- a, this is a good deal. And in the same week we heard uh, the rumblings of Queen Aminata last week, like we covered. So Deanna Perrazzo, <laughs> Queen Aminata and black Taurus to open the year in 2023. We're off to the right fucking start. If you had to pick best signing so far, just out of those three or whatever, you don't have to like, you know. Oof. I, Queen, Queen has been our workhorse, but Deanna Peraza is just so good. Star power alone, yeah, I think. I think that's yeah. what would elevate her, but, you know. Deanna, yeah. We're too early. It's way too early for that, you know. <laughs> um, And our last bit of uh, news here is the AEW rankings will be returning. How good was Jay White that Will Osprey? He wanted to make this his own segment this week because, uh, you know, they did. Tony Khan tweeted it, and then they mentioned it on the broadcast, but they never went into it on the broadcast. Um, But uh, Tony Khan's tweet reads as such. The rankings are coming back to AEW going forward starting this month. AEW's having a very exciting January. This is only the beginning of the amazing 2024 for AEW and our fans. And then he goes on to thank everyone for watching AEW Collision on at TNT Drama. He's always tagging at TNT Drama. Um. Yeah. So the mm-hmm. rankings returning. This makes a lot of sense with our sports-oriented product that we've been, you know, returning back to ever since the uh collision. Ter- what the fuck was it called? Continental Classic. Um, I was like Collision Coliseum. That's not the fucking the Collision Coliseum. That's 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 the that's the that's the Collision version of the uh, Stadium Stampede. <laughs> My fucking brain was short circuiting. Um. <laughs> Yeah, I think I think the rankings last time when when AW started, I think the rankings were awesome. And uh you know, I I just I think uh they they got in they got a little out of it, right? Uh, I'm trying to phrase this. Essentially, mm-hmm. the rankings went to shit when FDR was number 1 contender for matter. 3 months and they weren't getting a title shot. The rankings were Wardlow shit. was the number one contender for the similar amount of time. Like, and Wardlow didn't get was the number shot. one contender. They just they need someone to go after their title, and for no fucking reason. They and just I said have, this at the time: Mox was the right choice, but Wardlow was the top of the rankings, and that wasn't yep. my fault. And you know, for like, no reason at all. The following rankings: Mox jumped Wardlow just to fit what they were doing. I, I'm going to say this: I, I think the rankings and having Will Washington at AEW. I think they're going to really like 
I, I think they're going to be great together. Will Washington, if you guys know, I mean, he's the definition of a historian. This guy will remember fucking anything and everything. And I think having him, you know, if, if his job that we heard at the beginning, right, was helping keeping stuff in line and getting to the finish like we've been, a lot of the feuds have been actually finishing. That's safe to say. Since he's joined, we haven't had as many feuds just kind of run a must and fucking get lost in the shuffle. They've been having a start date and they've been finishing. Whether no more Samoa TV. Joe and Wardlow just going their separate ways, huh? Exactly. And since Will's joined, he's done a really good job with that. Again, I think his job's much more than that. But I think if you put someone like him with kind of having your checks and balances system with the rankings, and it's his call, specifically, he has a lot of say in, okay, this is why we have to make Wardlow number four right now, because he's done this. If we, If someone declares for a title, they cannot be in the other rankings. Roderick Strong should not be in the TNT title rankings, right? Honestly, I wouldn't even do TNT title rankings if we're being a fucking honest. I would just do the two world titles and the fucking uh, the tag title. Yeah, I think that's how it should be. Like, if you're just, like, in the top, like, 15, 20 rankings, you're going to be in contention for one of the titles, probably, if you want to go after it. Like, maybe that's maybe that's what they need to do. Maybe it needs to feel a little get video gamey where, like, you have to be in the top certain amount of rankings or something like that in order to be considered for any title shot. And, like, it, the only people that can, like, get the world title are, like, the top five, like, or something like that, like... That actually could actually work. There could be tiers of rankings like that. You know what I mean? And they correspond to different titles, not as divisions, but just as an internal ranking system. Does that make sense to you as a power ranking almost? And like, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. And um, at the same time, it's it's just like, let's, God, I didn't even think about that. Let's not have continental crown rankings. Let's not, ha- and let, if we're doing that, Gabe Kibb better be number one. Let's not fuck around with it. If we're doing the continental crown, Let's include the New Japan guys, because Gabe Kidd's number one, or it's Danielson. You pick, right? Both. No, one and two, because was the one that beat him first. You know what I mean? That's yeah, so how you had to do that. You know what I mean? I, I would actually just not even do those titles, and maybe that'll actually help it make a lot more sense. Cause it, but if they are doing those titles, like Roger Strong should clearly be number one for Orange Cassidy. It shouldn't be fucking Adam Copeland for no reason. Like... I don't know. I, I think there's a checks and balances system that they could really work. And, well, there's uh, an argument that, like, based on how the rankings have worked in the past, like, even though you're supposed to be back at the line in AEW, there have been times when people have, like, been bopped down like he just was, and then they're still, like, number three or something like that. Like, not that the rankings ever worked out like that, but, like, yeah. in your head, when there wasn't rankings, that's how you kind of think about it. Well, they're probably still in contention, you know, like. Because the rankings make mean the wins-loss matter that much more. And Daniel Garcia would theoretically jump rankings this week with having such a big win over Buddy, Buddy Matthews. So I always wanted to get more intense like that, where like a win over somebody who's on a streak or somebody who's got a large, like a large, uh, sorry, like way more experience than you bumps you in the rankings more. It needs to be like, I would love for it to be sophisticated like that. Will that be for everybody? No. But for the people that actually give a shit about stuff like that, it'll be fucking awesome. And I know Tony Khan loves shit like that because the man owns a company that does stats in the NFL. Yeah. So. Yeah, to say the least, right? So, uh, just any other thoughts you have on the rankings returning? Any any worries? Do you have any? So any, yeah, any I do. I, I'm right glad now? you you yeah you. So you you you're glad. I'm glad that you're reeling me in here because there is always the infamous how I always felt about this, which is that 
you know, I'm fine with them existing. I actually fucking love the concept, but it needs to actually matter. And it didn't matter before. They just fucked with it, just like the WWE did when they had power with their power rankings. You know what I mean? Like, yep. why we never give a shit about the power rankings because they uh, go up and down based on literally fucking Daniels no tried, influence. Man, he fucking tried on SmackDown Live to get that shit to work. I know, and it did for a little bit. I mean, don't get me wrong. When when they would show people's power rankings on their, uh, you know, um, like entrance graphics because they had those sick entrance graphics on SmackDown at the time and Raw. Um, where they would show like stats and like information about the people. Um, it got kind of comedic when they would have like Baron Corbin, and they'd be like, is a guy, you know, or something like that. You know what I mean? Like, cause they didn't have anything to put cause they hadn't done anything with them. It was just fucking comedy, but, um, you know, I mean, I, I am a little worried about it getting back to that point, but I believe if Tony Khan kind of like, you know, uh, sunsetted them before almost, and is trying to bring them back that he, especially with somebody like Washington there, who, you know, is going to give a shit about stuff like this. If they're going to do it with those guys there and the situation like I just described, I think they're going to do it right this time. I hope. And yeah, if not, then we'll bitch about it like we did before. So, you know. And and if someone like Okada does come in, he's number one. Like, you have him you, – you, you factor these guys in. If Okada walks in, it's Kazuchika fucking Okada. He's number one. When Will Ospreay walks in, I, I got to tell <laughs> – he should at least be in the top five, Does if not number not one. not just get the first title shot? Like, like how are, all wrestling lore is lore in AEW. Should he wrestle a match first? Sure. I'll give you that. But he beat Chris Jericho at All In. So that is a former world champion. You know, it's got to factor in. Um, but yeah, got to. So much cool stuff uh, with potentially Okada going to AEW or WWE. You know, whatever he chooses. Mercedes potentially coming to AEW. Which there was some reports this week that uh, even Sean Ross Sapp was saying, yeah, the contract has been signed now. So that should that should have people feeling pretty optimistic. Again, no one's going to feel that optimistic until the Rumble happens and she doesn't show up. I think it's that. That's safe to say, right? Like about Mercedes, everyone's kind of still got that in the back of I their think mind. It's, yeah, I think it's one of those things that like when she showed up in uh, New Japan, or I guess rather in stardom, whatever you want to call it, like... When she showed up in Japan, we all kind of knew it was coming, but it was also, we all were like, but she could also easily sign a WWE contract and show up on Raw. People were still singing exactly. up until she showed up in Japan. Oh, she's showing up on Raw this week. And it's like, okay, I get it. But like, until we actually see her show up somewhere, I don't think anybody's going to know what's going to happen. And I think she wants it that way. So it's a big moment when it happens. Agreed. So let's jump into our results for the night. And uh, as always, we usually go Ring of Honor, Dynamite, Rampage, Collision, which means Duke, you start us off. With uh, Ring of Honor this week, where uh, we got our boy Vikingo. So uh, go ahead, take it. Take you know, it's a good episode. We got the fucking flying Viking or whatever you want to call him, you know. Um, I wonder if he has like Viking her- heritage on one side or something. That'd be kind of wild, you know. Probably not, though. Man's just got a cool ass fucking sick. name. Yeah. I think it's something to do with his dad or something like that, maybe. I forget. Um, or like some wrestler that trained him, something like that. I don't know. The point is. It's a cool name, and I don't care what the fucking reasoning is for what it is, you know? I don't ask why Will Ospreay's got the name of a fucking gunship, but it's fucking badass, because especially when he was flying through the air. Anyway. Um, so, yeah, Ring of Con episode 47. By the way, I just want to say, I, I let it slide for episode 10. I let it slide for episode 20 and 25 and, fi- and 30 and 40. We're on episode fucking 50. And you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to disagree with myself here. Episode 52. Give me a big fucking match. And I'm gonna tell you why. Ring of Honor coming up on a year of shows needs to be a fucking 
moment. It needs to be. If you're going to keep doing this and we've reached a year, it deserves, the people that have been working their fucking asses off to make this thing work deserve a big ass blow off in Let's a couple of weeks. Let's change a title on it. Fuck it. Do it. And if you're going to do it on episode 50 because it's the 50th, you know, like it's a big milestone, we're halfway to 100, whatever. But what's your episode you decide to do it on? Give them a fucking reward for all the hard work that they've been putting on this brand. Sorry, I just had to get that off my chest. We had a match card rundown by Mr. Rigamani himself. We had Billy Starks backstage. She's fucking pissed about what happened with Nyla last week. And she's going to try and commit some fucking war crimes this week. But Lexi tells her, no, we can't do that. We got to calm down. But she wants vengeance. And they're going to find it eventually. And I like the, the way that they're starting to cut stuff together, by the way. I don't know if this is intentional, but I noticed this a couple of different times this week where they would do a thing like this. Like Nyla Rose is mentioned by Billy and they have a segment talking about her. Boom, right in Nyla Rose's match. Great fucking way to sell this fucking angle as being a main angle on this show. As well as you getting people to think about Nyla and be like, oh my god, she went, I forgot, that's right, last week she did do that shit. And oh my god, she's now she's got to get in the match right now. What the hell is she going to do to Erica Lee? You know what I mean? Um, yeah, so this is apparently someone that Riccoboni was familiar with. I, I'm not sure about that. Uh, you know, I'm, you know, in that region of the country, I'm not sure how many wrestlers came out of there, but I'm sure he knows all the ones that do. Um, so that's not surprising at all. Just like Caprice knows everybody in his neck of the woods, you know, um, <clears throat> excuse me, as well as the people he trains, uh, night later with a chop of death. So I'm feeling a, a really, really fucking hard hitting match between her and Athena coming up, Charlie, which whew, I'm there for that. You know what I mean? Um, do we think they this will be a Ring of Honor TV title sure. match, or does does this get extended out to like some pay per view or something? Like, do we throw this on an AEW pay per view? Uh, I'm imagining the wrestle. Uh, I mean, they could. We know. Uh, we know they're going to run the WrestleMania weekend again, so could be that maybe, show. Maybe that show. Did you like to have a big show when they do that? Um, we got a retirement video package for Sting. They like to throw these on Ring of Honor, probably just because they need to fill a little, like a few seconds of the broadcast or something like that. They don't have anything for because it's not like the same thing when they tape a Ring of Honor like this. You can tell that. And we actually got confirmation on this a little while back. We didn't even have the commentators in person there. So we got that from you, actually. Um, and the reason why that's a, a thing that is interesting is because it tells me that my suspicion about this, and probably uh, makes me feel confident this is how AW Dark and Elevation were probably both cut as well. Um, there was probably a segment of the show that is a continuous broadcast that was probably happening at some point live for people. But... Everything else that happens, it could have been filmed last week. You know what I mean? Who knows? You know what I mean? And we would never actually know. It really um, could have. Because they could have like a set built somewhere in like an office building that Tony has. Like an office. You know what I mean? They could have stuff that you know, they don't even have to. Like anyway. Um, so, and that's, I think, probably better overall. But it, it leaves these little gaps, I think, like that. I'm not sure. But uh, we had the Iron Savages taking on the Undisputed Kingdom. Charlie, we had fucking champions on Ring of Honor this week. What fucking dimension are we in? My God, we've transported to a parallel universe. Fucking Mandela effect. All right. Um, the Undisputed Kingdom defended their titles here. Um, Kingdom are great. I still don't give a shit about the Iron Savages, you know. Um, I think, it's, uh, Charlie, do you know what I think it's time for with the Savages? I think you got to repackage them again. I, I think you do. I think they're just not that's, working. That's fair. That's fair. What do you do with them? Don't fucking know. There's other things you can do with yoked dudes, you know what I mean? I mean, look at heavy machinery, you know, like, but... Anyway, yeah, but it's probably their best match that I've seen out of them. The Kingdom gave them a good match. Just, I don't care about them, you know? We had Lexi in there backstage with Layla and Rachel and one of the Renegade twins. And also, I didn't write it down for some reason, but, uh, you know, Taya Valkyrie was also back there. And I was very confused by this segment at first. 
And I was like, what? And then I found out the match that was happening later. I was like, okay, that makes a lot more sense now. <laughs> I don't know yeah, what right. the hell was going on with that lineup on both sides, by the way. It felt really weird. Like, because I'm not sure about you, but I had the vibe that Rachel and Layla were not heels. Like, y- yeah. But yeah, I, I, I don't fucking know. Who cares anymore? I mean, I guess they were going with Maria, who's generally a heel. Maybe they're kind of tweener-ish. I don't know. But Ty definitely is a heel right now. And so is uh, Robin, right? So, yeah. And they're on that team, right? So, I don't know. That's really weird. You know what I mean? Like, don't I don't know what's happening. But, you know, I'm sure there was reasoning for it. I mean, yes, there's reasoning for it. But it just it didn't make sense to me when I first saw this. I was like, what is the... Maybe this was uh, somebody else was supposed to be in this or something, and they didn't have them. What do you, what do you think? Like, I don't – because I'm sure this – was this an advertised match? I don't even know. Like, let's look. Like, Yeah, it was. So, I, I don't know, man. I guess they wanted to – I guess they wanted Billy on the, on the babyface team here, but there's an argument that they're also heels, right? Like yeah, – Right. <laughs> Oh, Lady Frost isn't. I don't know. And Kiara's kind of a tweener. And Queen Aminata, we don't know what the fuck she's going to do yet, other than that she's really good. You know what I mean? Like, this match is very confusing. Is that a good way to put it? Fair. We'll, I'll talk about it when I get to it. But uh, let's talk about a match that was really fucking good, Charlie. Claudio Castagnoli took on fucking Brian Keith, who, uh, random signing at the end of last year, but fucking great job by AEW picking this guy up and into the Ring of Honor system. Perfect guy for Ring of Honor. You know what I mean? Um,. This was farting as hell. This was a crisp, tight, fucking, just nice fucking little wrestling match here, man. Um, like, if there was, like, a mid-year signing of the year, like, somebody who's... Because I guess, technically, he would go into last year, right? Because I'm pretty sure they probably knew they were signing him after that Ring of Honor pay-per-view performance, right? But they probably didn't have it inked until maybe this year. So, maybe he could sneak in there. But if there was a Ring of Honor specifically award for that, he could really put in a good case with the start that he's had for Ring of Honor's, like, signing of the year, mid-year, or something like that, you know? Um, yeah. I think that'll get eclipsed by somebody who wrestles there that I think is going to wrestle there, that if he does wrestle there, Charlie, it'll be the craziest thing to ever happen. Uh, I think you know who I'm talking about. I think he might do it. Uh, just to be like, fuck you. I'm the fucking greatest wrestler ever, and I'll wrestle everywhere that I want to. So suck my dick, you know? Um, but anyway, no, uh, if that happens... And that happens and it's all chalked but you know anyway but you know claudio chuck him out the fucking ring brian brian keith is just like i don't know man what is the what can you can you identify it with your eyes because my eyes are kind of bad at this sometimes what is it about what he is doing right now that has got my eyes glued to him i cannot figure it out like he's just a fucking badass wrestler man i mean really yeah. and and he he's every time he goes out there he has a good match and um, it's just the gimmick we can all love, you know. At the end of the day, it's a bounty hunter, you know. It's yeah. our Star Wars, our Star Wars fucking love, you know. I don't know what have we here? Yeah, so fucking dude, I gotta tell you though, I think this was the best Ring of Honor TV match so far this year, which is you know we're only a few weeks it's in. Actually, a hard agree. Yeah, and uh, phenomenal showcase for Brian Keith, uh, and he did a nice little instead of shaking the hand, he tipped the cap. Just fucking love this gimmick. It's great stuff. Doesn't even have to say a word. Has he even said a word on TV yet? Dude, I, I don't think so. Maybe once. Maybe he had one backstage seg. I had a segment that I can think of. Great stuff. Sometimes it just works, man. Um, all right, we had tie about we had that really confusing match that I mentioned. Um the only thing I really took away from this is everyone looked really good here. Um 
which is kind of incredible in, in an eight-person tag match. Also, Taya's boobs completely absorbed some chops at one point. They just disappeared into the boobs. They were just gone. I, that's a fucking special power, to be honest. It's a fucking cheat code, bro. What the fuck? Anyway. Um, oh, the cartwheel air raid crash from fucking... Uh, was it from Lady Frost, bro? Or was that fucking Queen Aminati? Whoever the fuck did that? I think it was, uh, I think it was Frost. God, just good stuff. And, uh, fun match overall. This is just getting set up for that. You know, we've been talking about they're, they're teeing up this, this championship, obviously, you know. Uh, and Charlie, just to fucking make things even more insane because of the mix of people we have going for this title, fucking Abaddon shows up. Jesus Christ, this title is going to be insane. Um, and Abaddon, I, I remember saying multiple times, great for Ring of Honor because, we already have Julia doing her kind of like, and we have like Thunder Rosa. We have a lot of this going on already, and we have other people that are probably going to get featured more over there. This is a great pickup for Ring of Honor if she can just stick around for the, like a good portion of this year in Ring of Honor. And she could do both, by the way. I don't see why she couldn't, or why, why uh, Abaddon could not. You know what I mean? Um, I, I'm telling you what, though. I, I think, uh, you know what I think is going to benefit the most from this? Like, if it's going to be a tournament, and they did say it was going to be a tournament, right? We do have that information. Um, or am I just yeah. capping? Yes, and, and people are just randomly winning matches to try and raise their stock for right. said tournament. To get, like, ranking... Assuming the rankings factor into Ring of Honor as well, which I don't know if they do. Maybe they do, maybe they don't. Um, maybe Ring of Honor is on a different system. But, like, just getting your stock up, like you said before, to get into those matches in the tournament. Because, yeah, and whatever. Um, the Abaddon, they are definitely going to be an interesting add to this. I think they... I think they are literally like one of the most interesting underused wrestler in the women's divisions of either of these two companies, AEW Ring of Honor. And I think they're going to be a very fucking fine addition to um, this division. Dude, and, and all the hate on the Julia match doesn't make sense to me. I thought the match kicked Why? Ass. Why did that get hate? Almost... I, we, we thought that was good and we thought the setup was great. I mean, well, it was great. But like, I thought I it liked... was far superior to the Anna J match. Far yeah. superior. Yeah, that's fair. Um, we had an all in uh, two video like being like hey all in's happening come to the show kind of show you know uh which you know we also then got a recap video of the title change on dynamite for the trios championships that we will get into later uh that we fucking called on this show like fucking nobody else had any idea what was gonna be happening there we just fucking saw that shit a mile away shout out to charlie for for tipping that one because I mean, in my head, that's what was happening. But I was, you know, I have those opinions sometimes. And I'm like, am I faded for thinking this? And then you say it. And I'm like, no, nah, I'm not. I'm just locked in. But um, so, yeah, I'm glad that they kept that. You know, Ring of Honor does a good job of updating whenever something doesn't happen on their show. Because it happens so often. They had to start doing this because otherwise just all of Ring of Honor is happening elsewhere. You know, there was a time when that was the case, Charlie, when they weren't even fucking recapping it. You know? Like, yeah, for real. <laughs> Honor Club's come a long way in the last 50 weeks. You know what I mean? Or 47 weeks, you know. Um, Action Andretti was backstage having a little bit of a snack. or carbon up, protein powder, whatever the hell he was doing. Uh, I was expecting a Hydretti here. We didn't get it here. Speaking of Hydretti's, I, I said you know, I was going to try it. And I actually did. I didn't like successfully one-shot the shit, but I, I, it's actually not as hard as I thought it was going to be. Which makes sense because I've chugged shit before. But it just was like, I was like, oh, it looks way harder than it is. You just have to get the timing and, the, and know how to like, yeah. You probably did that for fun back in the day. I'm like... The baseball diamond or something or some crazy shit like that, you know, like he looks like he'd have been a baseball player somehow. Maybe not baseball. What would he have been? Soccer player, bro. This guy could have played soccer. Come on, nah. He's kind of too sweet. Wait, is Andretti too small to have played other played sports? <laughs> nah. nah, bro. He can cook. He can cook. 
Yeah, let him cook. Let him cook. No, um, good stuff though. I like I like seeing uh, uh, Top Flight uh, having a good time on Ring of Honor. You know, good stuff. The Butcher and the Blade again. They did it again here, Charlie. Back to back, they had Action and Ready show Top Flight. We're backstage with them, and boom, right into a Top Flight match. You know what I mean? Love this shit. And we got the Butcher and the Blade on here. Dante's just an anomaly. I genuinely this was the think first match at the Ring of Honor tapings I went to. Very opening. This opened the night. Good stuff. I genuinely yep. think that being forced to be without um, that Dante and his brother being forced to be without each other has made them into fine individual wrestlers. That now when they come back together, they're even better as a team. I've talked about this before, but this also caused Andretti to be added to the mix, which I think is like I think since he joined them, not not that they weren't good before, but I, when you added that into the mix uh, to to go full uh, big pop a pump on you with the. the um, uh, that you know, going Steiner math. Um, I think this this has been the shitstorm of injuries that they turned into, like that somehow ended with a rainbow at the end. Charlie, the shitstorm ended with a rainbow, like, and I, that's the best analogy I can come up with for it. And I actually think there's an effective use of Butcher in the play, maybe not an efficient use of them, but it's a massive win for Top Flight here because this is a Top Flight team in AEW they just beat. Wait, that, I'm that, perfectly, that, I'm perfectly flight, cool that, with letting these guys cook in Ring of Honor, to be honest, too. I mean, there's no space for them in the tag division, which is kind of dead right now anyway, to be honest, in AEW. Even if they were in AEW, what would you do? Put them, are you going to put these guys against Ricky and Bill right now? They're not going to have that great of a match against those two. No offense to Ricky and Bill, but like, it's not going to be as good as it would be if you put them against FTR, Lucha Bros, any of the other teams. Uh, talk about this for a second while I actually hit a pineapple really quickly because I'm about to die. Yeah, I mean, overall, I thought it was a pretty good match. And, uh, you know, Top Flight's one of those teams that any reps that we can get right now with them just being back, I'm perfectly cool with. No complaints from me. So um, right immediately following that, we went into Mark Briscoe versus Serpentico, which, funny enough, this was also at the show I was at. And, uh, you know, it, it the crowd popped pretty hard for Briscoe. I think we all, I think we all really like seeing Mark Briscoe and um, – Wow, he had a very emotional dynamite this week, which which we'll get into. But uh, you know, this this was pretty front of the mill match. I mean, you guys know the vibes. He beat the crap out of Serpentico, but Serpentico did get some offense in. Uh, but uh, you know, as soon as the bell rings, you know who's winning this match. Which you know, that's a whole other debate. If you enjoy wrestling like that, if you like knowing that the person they're facing is winning no matter what, again, doesn't really bother me. You know. If Han Solo was going out there fucking fighting someone, I, was, I don't know where I was about to take that analogy, but just ignore it. Hey, man, uh, sometimes you just fucking get lost in the sauce. But to follow yeah, up what I was saying there, got a question. So, because we agree on, we, we didn't disagree on that. Is the Big Bill and, and Ricky as tag team champions, is it a total fucking failure? Is it a complete fucking like waste of time? Yes. Yeah. At least Sting and, at least Sting and Darby Allen will take the titles off of them and it'll be worth You think you so? Know, Oh yeah, and and the young bucks will be champions again. So we'll at least we're gonna have that looking forward to. But uh, how, yeah, how just, do you see that happening? You see, so you're saying they're gonna lose those titles on the correct. way to this pay per view? Uh, they're gonna lose it at the pay per view. Oh. The, uh, yes. Uh, Darby Allen and Sting will win the titles before the pay per view. Yeah, no, because they're facing the young bucks. So. And then and then they'll lose them to the young bucks at Revolution. So that I think is honestly a hell of a move. The tag division will be in good hands come come March. <laughs> But uh, yeah, I was just saying. FTR versus Young Bucks three. I mean yep. four. Whatever. What would and, it be uh, three or four? The J Driller got the win on that match. So, yeah. Mark Briscoe. Yeah, I, 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 are they ever doing anything with Mark Briscoe? 
I, I think uh, future. I can see him being the uh, triple crown winner. I, uh, I like the guy. I just can't see that. But if that title is completely worthless in the eyes of AEW, then maybe. Um, but it shouldn't be. Carl should Logan be a- here. You know, I, I this this bell rang at like seven forty five. Related birthdays pop. to uh, to Mark Briscoe as well and uh, Ian Riccoboni. Both had their birthdays recently. Shout outs to the to the boys. Um, the boys. And uh, you know, I don't know if uh, Mark Briscoe uses any pronouns, but if he did, they'd be dem boys anyway. Um, dem boys. So dem boys. No, anyway. Um, wow. Two minutes ago, this just yeah. uh, I fucking All get right, uh, It's not really like uh, oh, that fuck. entertaining, but uh, it is actually. Netflix just hinted at uh, they're going to increase their prices again. Oh, gee. Uh, what a day following the raw news. Um, the the CEO said, uh, as we invest in improved Netflix, we'll occasionally ask our members to pay a little extra. So you mean like you did four times last year? God, I, I actually I, – I meant to say this earlier when you were talking about it. Uh, yeah. Netflix going to – or WWE going to Netflix in general. I wonder what fucking uh, like John Campy is going to say about this. Like this is going to be very interesting to see like – Yeah, this is going to be like the, the cross-contamination of the, of I mean, the entertainment industry. We're talking $25 premium stream. Netflix is the most expensive stream right now. That's insane. I, I've been charged 25 bucks if I have the 4K stream before. So yeah. Yeah. I, I, don't, I went down to the fucking cheaper one now. I was like, fuck it. For, fuck 4K. I'll just keep the 1080. But uh, – yeah, I think up next we had Nyla Rose or something like yep, that. Yep, Nyla Rose backstage, uh, being fucking hilarious, uh, almost being as funny as Athena and Billy Starks backstage. Uh, and now she's in control of the minions, bro. She beat the shit over so bad she's in control now, bro. What the fuck happened? This is crazy. Athena's going to be coming back with a vengeance, isn't she, Charlie? Um, oh, yeah. But for now, we got, we got a new controller of the minions. It's Nyla Rose, and uh, fuck. I, she succinctly explained her point here, bro. I mean... Nyla Rose, just fucking... Again, I don't know why Nyla's not used more often in the women's division. It's absurd, you know? Speaking of people that are not used enough in the women's divisions that are absurd, Diamante took on Dream Girl Utley, whom I actually am glad to see back. Unique look, like like the way they they uh, they presented themselves here. Battle fucking cry of the century? I've never even heard a battle cry like that, ever, in a wrestling match, let alone, like, god damn. Uh, bring, back, bring back Dream Girl Utley. That'd be good. I like her. Good stuff. You know what I mean? Anytime somebody can wrestle more than like, bro, you know what my fucking standard women's wrestling is? If they're better than the fucking Bellas back in the fucking 2000s, bro, I'm looking in. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Because it can't be that bad. You know what I mean? Like, that's why I, I, I hate to use her as the bar, but I, that's why I would always say Billy Kay. You know, if, if you can, you can like work Billy a better Kay, match for me she, than she, Billy Kay would. And, Billy and, and, and and last year when when and I I get I, I I feel bad saying this but you know this is just objective viewing she had more she was really good uh, as a character on screen but yet she'd hit the ring it was nothing special that was Layla Gray I'd be like man she she might be the new bar for Billy Kay because what the that there was uh, man you remember me telling you about that dark match I we we reviewed it and I said there's never actually been a match where I couldn't finish. But I, I had to skip to the end because I could I it was so hard to watch. And yeah, it was a, one of those Layla Gray dark matches last year. Uh might have been the year before, but Bro, I think she actually benefited from Pencil No Cap. What? That was truly one of the only wrestling matches on on 
AEW that I had to ever skip. Like it was. I think people seeing her wrestle less actually helped her stock. No she cap. brought a lot like, to you know. She brought a lot more than just being a wrestler. Like her character was awesome, and she fit the baddies, and she's very beautiful. And it just, yeah, she she sometimes in the ring. I don't know what it would be again, but uh, yeah. Anyways, Drew McGraw is awesome. Agreed. Speaking of awesome, Dalton Castle, backstage, panicked interview with Lexi. He's completely lost the plot, Charlie. This shit's hilarious. I love it. I don't have anything specific to add about this. Shit was just fucking awesome. You know what I mean? God damn. Trying to bust through the fucking door to get to fucking Johnny TV, bro. Johnny TV just, I don't even know what the fuck he was saying. I could barely hear him. It was, this, what the fuck he was doing? This was fucking hilarious. The cheese sticking to the door. Dalton's ca- Dalton Castle just being like, you won't fight me? Why? Why? Yeah, he's no, to smash his face, man. Brilliant stuff here. All right, so we have, <clears throat> excuse me. Wow, they can really, I'm amazed at how little fucking Wrestling Observer actually gets down. No offense, Wrestling Observer, but God, I take better notes on fucking Ring of Honor than anybody else in the world. I swear to fucking God. You know what I mean? Um, <laughs> that Dalton interview is not even in here, dude. Wow. Nor the Nyla one. That's pretty sad. That Dalton interview was fucking. It was so good. Wait, the I Nyla one actually might be in here. The Nyla one isn't here, dude. That interview was so funny. I sent it to to our our mutual friend. Diamante defeats Jimmy immediately goes into the Kyle match, which is what's next on the show. But fuck, who the fuck are you paying? Pay me to do this. I have the actual right notes. I could write this article anyway. <laughs> Probably write it better anyway. But fucking sorry. Sorry. Regain. Regain. Christopher Daniels took on Kyle Fletcher for the Ring of Honor World Television Championship. I think this is an important win to establish this reign for Kyle. If there's anybody in Ring of Honor you kind of have to beat on your way in as a champion, it's got to be fucking Christopher Daniels, right? Like, he's like the goat of fucking this promotion. Like, nobody even touches him. Like, you know, like, well, other than like Samoa Joe, but fuck, fuck, fuck Samoa Joe. He's AEW right now. No. Imagine. <laughs> yes. Um,. Good stuff though. Fire, like just to use the phrase of the week, Cal uh, firing all cylinders here. I dropped Christopher Daniels right in his noggin with that uh, pile driver. Man's dead. See you later, Christopher Daniels. Um, backstage to Ethan Page, who's back on the path to championship gold, and he said, "Fuck it, I'm looking at Kyle Fletcher." And I straight up asked for this. I think a few weeks ago, I'm like, "Bro, what the fuck is he actually? He's okay. He's going for championship. Great. Which one?" Like, <laughs> and I find yeah. that out now. Do I? Because otherwise, I don't care. Uh, yeah, so nothing left in the imagination here. He's going after Kyle, meaning probably not winning because Kyle just won the title. So again, I'm still down with Kyle doing his stuff in Ring of Honor right now. I, I think this is actually yep. a really good role for him right now. This is a good win to, to establish because we Ethan Page may not be like legit, legit, but he's an AEW like uh you know AEW tag you know. Uh, well, he's been he hasn't been in, like, actually a champion in AEW, right? But you know he's been in those you know he's had like title matches and so on and so forth. You know like. Dude's like a legit star, and everybody Ethan knows. Ethan King that. recently was, or Ethan Ethan Page is recently opening up about, because uh, you know he was in ridiculous shape at the most recent pay per view, and mm-hmm. uh, he said he gave all the credit to Cesar Bononi, who was well, we've seen him on AEW Dark, that he was on NXT, yoked. and Cesar is I think he's in the process right now of transitioning his career to being you know kind of a a, a personal trainer and a oh he, he was good that makes me sad and he was good he's, so he's most recently it looks like. Uh, he still says wrestler in his Instagram bio, 
I but know. again, we haven't or, heard of him. And but know, if he wrestles like five matches a year, it's yeah, like, fuck, you know. You know like, uh, and and now he's helping uh, Pillman. Pillman's working with him, and you know it's really good to see these guys. You know, even transition outside of wrestling. He likes you know, Cesar, man. That guy was I cool. I did too. I, and that, the whole group was. He was the, one of those guys. Was, if he was, was on goofy. Dark, bro, I always knew he was gonna have a good fucking match. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, and. Uh, so, God damn it, man! But Ethan Page, uh, so credit to to him for you know really getting Ethan Page in in, in phenomenal shape, and uh, Ethan for shouting him out because you know I hope more people should go that route, and uh, you don't have to you don't have to fucking <laughs> eat the trembolone sandwiches, ladies and gentlemen. You don't have to. God you can actually it. do it. <laughs> Speaking of trembolone, so, action and ready to go on El Hoyo del Vecino. <laughs> I don't fucking know. <laughs> I actually, funny enough, I left before this match happened. It was just way too late. Really? Uh, you, yeah. yeah I, I, come on, man. You got to stick it out next time. You got to do it. This is home at like three in the morning. It's the triple A make a championship. When are you going to have a chance to see it again? I know. Like the next night they say TNA signed with him. Yeah. Anyway. Um, so anyway, yeah. The, uh, we had an off-screen hydrity confirmed here. Um uh, they basically talk about how uh, Vikingo is the greatest AAA Mega Champ uh, of all time, uh, which is funny because he beat Kenny for that position. You know what I mean? This <laughs> um, <laughs> is hot and quick start, you know. Uh, it's two fucking superheroes having like a fucking you know like a, a civil airport battle, you know, like moving um, out of this world. This is crispy too. I like this. It's good stuff. Um, even like Kingo had a moment where he was like fucking impressed with himself, bro. He's just like, yeah, I'm that fucking good. You know, like, it's had a good match. Um, how about Andretti? I mean, I know it's AAA, but it's still a fucking world championship, bro. Like, that's a pretty big yep. fucking deal for this kid. You know, like. Yeah, and Andretti, you know, I, I think he's awesome. Imagine and- that too. They just signed the deal. So this was the last AAA title shot at an AW town was probably getting. Like. Most likely, so unless they wrestle in AAA, you know what I mean, like which yeah. they might, you know what I mean, like cool, cool for Andretti, and I think a well-deserved main event spot again for him in Ring of Honor. I remember saying this kid could really thrive with being able to wrestle every week on a show that is getting viewed by some people, but not like the most viewed show that he's going to possibly be on. He could throw this guy in dynamite every week, and he probably would have sank. You know, I'm being honest with you. Not that the kid doesn't have the talent, I just don't know if they would have had the spot for him. You know what I mean? Yeah, he could have done good stuff, but. Like what happened to Takeshita? You know what I mean? Takeshita did great stuff every appearance, and he didn't appear all the time. And they still fumbled the bag with the guy. It's it's that simple. Uh, it can happen. I forgot to bring this up. Uh, that the original Takeshita and Kenny Omega plans from last year. Did you see this? Did you did you read about this? I did not. Uh, so the alliance between Takeshita and Don Callis, it was pretty much supposed to. They they were going to tag team for a while, and then. Don Callis and Kenny Omega were going to turn on Takeshita. Kenny Omega was going to turn back heel. And ideally, we would have had super babyface Takeshita following this feud. And he would have... Meltzer said, and I'm not kidding you, the goal would have been to make Takeshita the top babyface. But none of that ever happened. So, um, Yeah, they should have done that. So I I think that lets you know, they, they still view Takeshita very high. But my God, let's get him out of this Don Callis shit. And that's uh, that's ring economy, buddy. So take us, take us to the other side. Yeah, this will be an easy show to fucking review here. This dynamite kicked ass, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Christian, we opened up with shots of Samoa Joe and Hook. Um, 
walking like like legit like how you'd open a pay-per-view. I thought this was awesome. Uh Ian Rick of Bone Zone, Taz and Excalibur were on the call. Uh Christian Cage and Dustin Rhodes open us up for the TNT title. Dude, just an awesome Couple fucking, of fucking match. old having a banger. Just an awesome fucking match. Um you know, Dustin Rhodes, God, this guy just bleeds passion. And Christian Cage is so fucking good right now. Or Dustin seen- Rhodes will look old one match and then like just will just randomly have a match like this for a title and I'll be like, oh, I'm just gonna pull out of my soul the last match that I have like this. And he's gonna do it five more times before he retires. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like And it just really some really good stuff here. And uh, you know, Kill Switch Nick Wayne got involved here and there. Um Fans were biting at the near falls, man. I mean, people were chomping at the bits. And uh, when he kicked Pause, out of the kill switch. They were chomping at what now? Mm-hmm. Uh, he kicked out of the kill switch, and the fans went absolutely fucking ballistic. Um, but yeah, then uh, he, right after that, Rhodes flips him off. He hits another kill switch and gets the win. I thought that was a nice finishing touch to the match. And uh, this Christian Cage title reign. Yeah, it's, uh, God, the TNT title's in such good hands. It's so fucking fun right now, man. Um, right, you could have like four more contenders like this before we get back to the, the Adam Copeland match, and I'd be completely killing it because Christian doing, is doing great. Yeah, all we're doing right now is killing time till till the pay-per-view, and yet it's still so much fun. And, Bring uh, the guy was, from Japan to have a match with Christian. He's one like of the older quick, guys. What, this was a, a 10-day storyline. Not even. It was collision. Oh, wait. I just came up with the greatest fucking match of all time. Hold on. If you can get Tanahashi, if he's not too busy... Get him on a dynamite somehow. Get him on fucking dude. TV champion from New Japan versus fucking. I guess he's not really TV, but you know what I mean. TV sort of champion from New Japan. You know what I mean against the TNT champion, bro. There's money there. I'm telling you because even though they're both old, I know he could give him a good match. He's been doing it with other old guys. So, you know who I'd like to see him face? Give, give. We've been seeing him a lot lately. Give me him a JD Drake. Hey, JD Drake, good hand. I think it'd be a fun match. Anthony Henry. Uh, Renee's backstage with Sua Strickland said he'd be foolish not to be paying attention to the main event. Doesn't matter if it's Joe or Hook. He's focused on the world title now. The Continental Classic is over as he was the talk of the tournament. She brings a bat in Paige. Strickland said he has eyes everywhere. Paige is an impeccable performer, beating Roderick Strong, Claudio Castagnoli, and J.D. Drake. Strickland said if even God himself came down, Paige would have a change. Paige would have a chance, but he still lost to Strickland. He has nothing left to prove against Paige. Whose house? Swerve's house. Renee's backstage with Chris Jericho asking where he and Sammy Guevara go from here after losing their tag team uh, title street fight at the Battle of the Belts. Jericho said they only lost because of Kodosuke, Takeshi, and Powers Hobbs getting involved. Jericho said his win over Takeshi a month ago in Japan doesn't mean as much as it used to. He, now he will seek and destroy Takeshi. Matt Seidel randomly walked in and said, uh, this isn't the Chris Jericho he knows. Jericho needs to get in there with someone who beat him up in the past like himself. Jericho said they can fight on Rampage this Friday. This is a very awkward way to get a Rampage match. Not going to lie. Yeah, it's okay. I, I think Jericho is just off right now, bro. I don't even know what the just fuck. reading it back, I was like, wait, what? Um, yeah. He's, he's been so off on promos lately. Even the one good one he cut oh, was like Sammy. All the shit going on is fucking, it's, it's in his head too. And it's, yeah. I mean, he, if he's not going to deny it, I mean, uh, what, what does it leave for room? I, I, Jesus, that's a whole fucking mess. Yeah. Uh, AW International Champion Orange Cassidy and Trent Beretta defeat Pensa Alcedo Miedo and Commander. 
Um, they should have just labeled this a tornado tag. It basically was. Yep. I don't know why they don't do that with with these guys more. They they tend to just prefer that style. It's the it's the Mexican tag team wrestling style. You know what I mean? I don't know why you don't just do that with yeah. some of these guys. And this is just our classic. Uh, right now, the current storyline for all these guys is kind of the luchas are integrating with the best friends. They none of them hate each other. It's nope. just kind of a just a friendly you know, little rivalry. You know, you're cool. I'm cool. Let's fight. Ray Phoenix was here. He was not obviously wrestling. Yep. He was there. You know what I mean? And Chuck around. Taylor, Ray Phoenix were in their respective corners. Yep. Um, really nice. Uh, oh, actually, I think it was Chuck in the corner. A commander hit a springboard, followed a dive. I mean, you name it. Um, Trent Beretta looked really good here. Um, has Commander yeah, missed any time they've used him? I don't think so, man. No, Commander's awesome. Commander, you know, I, I don't know if we have anyone that can fill the Dragon Lee hole. Like, I, I really thought Dragon Lee right now would probably could be a champion, and you know, Ray Phoenix, it looked like it was going to be. And then he, you know, he won the championship and got hurt. You know, so we have a lot of luchadors well, here. Dragon Lee felt the first, like, the first real shot across the bow. Obviously, there was Cody, but, like, that was a guy we thought was going places in AEW. You know what I mean? Like, Oh, I, I thought LFI would, would have been a long time trios champions by now. Like, mm-hmm. They still could be with the uh, to go. Yeah, I, <laughs> it felt like a lot but of the that Could that trio, especially once I had Preston, bro, and how good he is in trios matches? Oh, my God, like... It could be crazy. Match. Um, we go for a trio's best friend hug, which would be the first time in a long time. The Undisputed Kingdom music hit. Roderick Strong and the Kingdom hit the ring. Strong told Cassidy to take his glasses off and, and question if being international champions become too much. Since he's taking tag title matches or tag team matches now instead of defending his title. Huh. Strong said that the title belongs to him and he's coming for it. Cassidy, Cassidy goes on to say they can do it right here and now. Which I'm like, oh shit. We were actually just talking about this. Like the the spontaneous matches, I'm like, are they about to do it? Roddy wrestles and shit like this all the time. I uh, said, uh, strong decline. Said you have to wait till Revolution. Sean wants Cassie to wait for the next six weeks to accept the realization that the title will be his on March third. Simple things like setting up matches this early, it 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 just means it adds I bitch about it constantly, bro. They just love to just two weeks from the paper be like, oh, here's the whole card, and now we're sell we're the card, out. dude. We're building we out our Sting's retirement. Or we have yeah. Samoa Joe's first major title defense. You know what I mean? We have, uh, we have uh, probably going to have. I would think the blow off to Copeland versus uh, to Christian Cage. You think there probably? Um, yep. It's looking like Tony Storm and Deanna Perazzo. Yep. We'll probably have guessing the acclaimed and uh, Bullet Club. Gold Julia will probably have an opponent. Yeah, probably those. Julie, they're going to uh, do Thunder the trios. Rosa, remember, it seems like from promos, she's going after yep. Julia now. Yep, so there you go. There's another There's another one. building a really good card. Oh, yeah, this is going to be a good show, 100%. I think that could be the match that makes Julia's career, bro, honestly. Not, she's already not there, but, like, I think that could be the match. You know what I mean? Like, because Thunder Rosa can give you your best match of your career, let me tell uh, you. Definitely Instead of a Britt Baker, like, three times. Definitely root for Roddy to win this one. I think this will be fun. Yeah. Um, I, I, I want to see him with a champion in a, with a championship in AEW. He was fantastic. Yeah, it feels right. Champion. Cassidy's not doing anything with this, and it's not doing anything for him. So get him back in, like, wrestling on TV as just a really, really consistent wrestler. But you know what my fear is, Charlie? Is that even though Orange Cassidy's one of the best wrestlers in the company, he's going to fall to the wayside because he doesn't have a championship anymore. I would just love to run him in a heel Adam Copeland, but I just don't see Adam Copeland turning heel in AEW. That is, fuck it, that send is Cassidy to Orange. You know what? Trent and fucking Chuck have wrestled recently in Ring of Honor. Let them all three go there. Orange Cassidy has been showing up on there occasionally. Maybe that's the plan. He yeah. kind of fits the bill. They need stars. 
Um, Renee's backstage with Hangman Adam Page. He said he won't find another soul on the planet that needs the AW title as much as he does. In 2024, he'll make that title his and will keep it away as long as he can. Renee brought up Swerve saying how Page can't beat him. Page said he doesn't think about Swerve at all as he's not the world champion. Samoa Joe is, and God be with Hook if he's the champion by the end of the night. <laughs> ooh, ooh. That gets fucking Ghibli's rustled, man. That was good shit. And, and, um, and then we go to the, probably, God, one of the most emotional fucking moments on Dynamite we've had in a long time. Um, Mark Briscoe just kind of walks out. He's just got a mic in his hand. Um, he, he, he shows his family sitting at ringside. He said he's out here tonight representing the baddest tag team on the planet. Dem boys, the Briscoe brothers. He goes on to talk about how one year ago, Jay passed away and talked about how his nieces were in the car with Jay and doctor said they'd never walk again. Just then Jay's kids walked out on stage. Mark at this point, he's, he's fighting emotions. I mean, it's, you can feel it in his voice. Mark said, God is on the throne as they won't stop because they can't stop. He thanks everyone from the bottom of their hearts. He hugs the kids. Just a really beautiful moment, and they play this uh, tribute video to Jay, Jay Briscoe, and uh, just a really emotional moment, and it, it just, you know, it. I think I'm really glad Mark got that, that moment there, you know, because it was one year ago to the day, and... Um, bro, Mark always hits me right in the feels, bro. I don't know what it is about this man, but he just... Because we know how fucking real the Briscoes were, and, like, how... That's why FTR and them had so much respect for each other, because they're, like... They're, Yes, they're wrestling a match out there. It's a fucking performance, blah, 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 blah. But for those guys, it is fucking real. This is their life. This is everything to them. And, you know, like, what they talked about here was just like, what? It's like a feel good moment. Like, AEW does these. The last time I remember something like this happening in WWE was when Roman announced this Gila's leukemia, right? Like, I mean. Very, yeah. It's just emotional stuff, man. And, um,. Yeah, it, it's it's nice that you know this wasn't even announced on the show. He just he just came out there. And yeah, I shouldn't think it be. Was, you shouldn't uh, be building the show around this. Let this no. be its own thing if it's going to be. Let it be a moment, and then to now when uh, flipping the coin completely, we jump to Renee backstage <laughs> with the Young Bucks. I love this, and bro. they're sporting those new fucking nasty little mustaches. Fucked ass stash fucking season is in, um, boys. Nick goes on to ask him to refer to them as their God given names: Nicholas and Matthew Jackson. They are the executive vice presidents, and it's time to take this job more serious. Oh my god, this is all we've been hoping for if they go heel. She brings up temper tantrums and meltdowns with rumors. Matthew cuts her off and said those rumors are all fake, but let's pretend they're true. What would she be willing to lose to maintain a thriving wrestling company called AEW if it meant losing friendships and ruining reputations? said, hell yeah, he'd do it all over again and ask Paquette if she got her paycheck this week. And he says, you're welcome. <laughs> that line, I, I, I had to just sit there for a moment. I was like, no way. This is what they should be doing. Yeah, I knew that when they started going this way, that because, you know, whenever you've seen interviews with these guys in the past... You know, um, I'll I'll go with the way they would be referred to here. Matthew is traditionally very much more like on the defensive, defending them, calling people out, blah 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 blah. Whereas Nick or Nicholas is is usually you know he seems like a rather chill guy. You know what I mean? Like, um, you can tell he was obviously on the uh, on the he's up on this. Yeah, yeah, he's, yeah, he's much brother. more reserved even in this. But when Matt got going, bro. Whoop. 
Who is he fucking going, buddy? Oh, my. Yeah. Matthew said they used to say, change the world. And they were doing that just until they lost their way and the culture changed and toxicity seeped in. Matthew said it was due to lean into self-serving, superficial superstars and says Sting is anything but that as he's hopeful people talk about themselves that way years from now. Sting is the last of a dying breed, but in order to change the world, they need to say goodbye to Sting and anyone like him. The cat asked that's an official call out for Sting's final match. Nicholas looked at his phone and said, as EVP, they can pull some strings and they walk off. <laughs> less than 10 minutes, less than five minutes, probably even on the show. It might've been like five minutes plus, whatever it was. Five, five to less than 10 minutes though on the show. Best fucking thing. I think on dynamite, bro. That shit was insane. God, it was, it was, it's something that you always hear people talk about. Like, Oh, if they're going to be heels again, you know, how do, how do you do heels with them and not get it cheered for, right? Because when they were heels with Kenny in, in 2021, everyone still cheered for it because they loved it and they loved them as a heel. You got to change it up. You got to take, you got to almost make it meta like, like they are doing. You got to kind of really flip it on its lid here. Um, the next match is, is the match we fucking called a mile away. We said last week it was the last week of Brian Cage and the Gates of Agony being tag team champions. Um, that being said, the gun club, Switchblade Jay White, and the guns defeated uh, the Gates of Agony and Brian Cage to win the ROH six-man titles. It's not often you look at a uh, championship match on a random dynamite, and you're like, yeah, that's changing hands. You can just tell. We knew. Dude, we, we didn't even think there was a chance that the other team was retaining. Not even remotely, no. Uh, I thought the match was pretty good here. Um Jay White is so fucking awesome. And, uh, you know, any anytime if Jay White's the kind of guy where y- you got to wonder when, when you're not featuring him in the main event, when you're not featuring, featuring him as the world champion, I'm always wondering a little bit, what are we going to do with him? And uh, is so this something in- he would do in New Japan pretty frequently when their trio's titles and just hold them for a bit and just like, they'd be like, yeah, we're on the show. We're a big act. Bullet Club's dominating, you know? Like. I mean, essentially, and ever since he's been in AEW, he's been featured. Like, he's... You, I guess kind of why he bailed on... Because, yeah, they finally pushed him at it. the end, uh, right? Last last couple of years ago, right? They pushed him at the end. But up until then, he was, that was kind of his lot. was like trio's titles, maybe the uh, the open weight title, something like that. You know what I mean? Like, well, the, still a part obviously of the Intercontinental Jay United States. In, it, but. in New Japan. God, could they use him right now? God, he would be the biggest star there. Oh, um, But, yeah, I thought this, this match had... Uh, I thought it was really enjoyable. Shout outs to and Austin Gunn with the phenomenal beatdown segment on him, bro. Oh my god, this dude was selling his ass off and setting up the hot tag for his brother so well. I'm loving the guns. Um Bishop Khan and Jay White had good exchanges. And uh the acclaimed actually kind of helped him win. So bro, get Bishop Khan is one of the contenders for Kyle, bro. Give him that match. Give him something like that. Put him I, up against I, Shane I Taylor, think, something. Yeah, the, bring him back to Shane Taylor. I, I think STP would really flounder with uh with those guys. Flourish, I should say. Jesus. He would not flounder. Uh yeah, Shane Taylor, Lee Moriarty, and Bishop Khan. You know, and just because they've already what happened yeah. to that other guy he was running with, by the way. I'm bringing I don't know. We saw him once, but yeah, yeah. No, he was there. Yeah, JD Griffey is that his name? Yeah, like something, like uh, yeah. something, something. J. Griffey, something. Whatever the fuck his but name yeah, is. Yeah. Um. New new entrance. I thought the entrance looked sick, and we actually differ on the song, guys. I I kind of thought the song was pretty mid. I, I don't I, think the song's spectacular. I, I think for the entrance the they're song. doing, it's fucking great though, especially really when they like hit the, the entrance, guns up. But it's I need great. to listen to the song like uh, on YouTube, and I'm just like, man, I. 
It's not one you're going to play over and over again. Yeah, just, when they hit it on the entrance, the it's going gonna, it's gonna to be lit, bro. The, I'll tell you how I know this is a good entrance song, Charlie. The crowd popped fucking massive when they realized it was Bullet Club. Like, yeah, I mean, it's got, it's got a good tune, so. It's, it, to me, it reminds me of, like, was, was Enzo Amore and, and Big Cass's music that good? No, I couldn't sit and listen to that on repeat. It was literally just the same thing repeated 18 times in a row. You know what I mean? It just, it was, it, but when they were coming out and they were doing their thing and Enzo was on the mic, it worked. Similar thing here when they're doing the gun, the, you know, the gunslinging gimmick and Jay White's showing off his, his merch and stuff like that and his cool ass jackets. You know what I mean? I think it works, man. I think, I think this is, I, I don't think the song, like I said, is great, but I, for what it, the package as a whole is fucking awesome. No bullet club in front of the theme either. So interesting. Keep a note on that. Um, someone said in the comments that they think that it's because they're baby faces right now. And that could make sense with the, with them being mixed up with the acclaimed. Yeah. Okay. Um, which speaking of the acclaimed, there's not really much to mention here. It's just kind of them more Austin gun being like, Oh, maybe we should join them. But again, that concludes on collision. So we'll save. We'll table this for a few minutes. Um, you know, there were there were there. Uh, we all live on. We all see wrestling discussions on the internet, and I I got to bring this up. Um, Duke. Uh, I, I, some people were trying to say this was Jay White has been demoted to Ring of Honor, and what a failure his run in AEW has been. To that, I would say people blow everybody's minds and say what we've been saying the last two weeks. There will not be Ring of Honor six man championships after the next pay per view. Just calling it now. No, these these titles are merging. And and if you guys are seeing those comments and you're like kind of getting a little frustrated, being like, "Come on, really? You guys are saying this shit, guys." The people saying that don't watch this. We hit you with three facts really quickly. They're they're saying this for to get get a rile out of you. They're saying this to kind of stick it to the man you know how many times do you see on twitter oh yeah keith lee what a game changer and you're just like god jesus here we go yeah, back it's again dumb. with this here's the they three lo- facts. people love to throw that in aw's face because everyone yeah. was really excited when aw brought in keith lee but he's battled health issues since he's been here and first it's... fact and yeah. i mean to bulldoze here first oh, fact ahead. about this first fact they never put up a single contender except maybe a couple of people that ever felt like they could win these right not a single one so these titles are chalked Nobody ever stepped up that even looked remotely interesting in Ring of Honor as a trio that could have won these titles on top of the fact that they never put anybody up for it. There was, there was never a legit feud on Honor Club yet. They have not had a legit Every program. Every mix they ever faced was a random trio of guys thrown together for one week that wrestled on Ring of Honor usually one or two times before and they would not actually be on TV after. So it was just random pairings. You know what I mean? Um, the third thing, the acclaimed have been shelved on TV. This is a way to get them back, you know what I mean? Or to get Bullet Club Gold as your trios champions, one way or the other. This is how you get something going with the trios division, which for all intents and purposes is kind of stalled. And it was built up as this massive addition. And it worked really well for the first several bits of it. It's just... The trios division carried the beginning of 2023. It feels like it feels like they need to get back there. And I feel like these six-man titles in Ring of Honor are just a fucking distraction at this point. Because they're not in no, the show. Yeah. You They're not in the show. Sets of six man titles at all. They're not in the show, and when they are, it doesn't add anything. And I don't think it benefited anybody in the embassy from holding these at all. Their their week, their World Tag League run benefited them more, where they didn't even bring the belts. Um, 
you know, I think even massive acclaim fans like us will will say them being trios champions, it's it's not been great. It has not been great. So yeah. Uh let's just just want to put that out there. If if you're seeing people trying to shit on you for being excited about this, don't 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 let it get to you. It's it's people that are doing it for the fucking purpose of being and by assholes. the way, just because we were right about the other thing, we could be wrong about them merging the titles. They may still have faith in these six mans. Maybe they Tony Khan just loves yeah. trios. Jay White might be a fucking mainstay on Ring of Honor going forward. That could I be how they do it. I've been saying they need stars. Every on Ring of Honor benefits from his And by the way, if you consider it a demotion for Jay White, bro, look at the amount of fucking talent on this roster and look at the year he had last year. He's not going to top that this year. If he does, I'd be fucking insanely shocked. So why not let him cook at Ring of Honor for a few months? Let him do some crazy shit. Put some people over down there. Or it works every over, collision anyways. Get some people over down there, right? You can like, do them both in the same night. doesn't hurt anyone. Fucking Christ, man. Adam Cole is backstage with Wardlow, uh, who Cole said hasn't even scratched the surface of what, he's being cap- of what he's capable of. Being in the Undisputed Kingdom makes Wardlow unbeatable. He'll go down as the most dominant AW wrestler of all time. Wardlow will mow down everyone until there's nothing left, and the AW World title property is, of, is property of the Undisputed Kingdom. So I couldn't Wardlow. see Adam Cole's legs in this, but was he standing? Just goes, boom. I, I actually, I don't recall. I don't recall. Maybe he's on that foot, man. You never know. He might be back sooner rather than later. You just never know. Nah, he's probably not. But AW yeah. Women's Champion, Timeless Tony Storm, graced commentary with her presence before the next match. She's joined by Luther and Mariah May, and she has this bit right away where she thinks Ian Riccoboni was Shivani, and she's blown away by how young he looks, and she starts feeding him macaroons and rubbing on him. Pause. Ian, son of a bitch. Pause. Um. So nah, he, it's typical. It's respectable. Nah, it's, he's the goat. Um. Which uh oh man. Um. Tiana Perazzo wrestles Anna J here, so we're getting some good Anna J a- uh, action lately. Uh, Tiana Perazzo wrestling her dynamite debut as a member of the AW roster. Excalibur did make sure to clarify. Um. Is Tony Storm too overwhelming of a gimmick for these kinds of segments to be on commentary, bro? Because I feel like I didn't see half of this match because of her. No, no offense you to Tony Storm. Feel bad for the people in the audience because they're not. Picking they don't them. get I mean, that. Tony... They don't get that at all. Like that's no. not a part of the show for them. No, but it you is know for what? us. At the end of the day, when you're when you're having someone like Deanna in the ring, you're you're so like infatuated with what you're seeing because of how good of a technical wrestler she is. You don't really see it that that often. No, in America, I, I, I and like. I noticed it because they kept cutting away from the match, dude. Way more than they do in other matches. I'm sorry, it's the truth. They they got it. Oh yeah, like making all, that all decision of the selling moves, that they're back. cutting away. They got to pull I, that back. Like they got to reel it in. A, a double screen, but again, that might also be confusing. Um, but yeah, uh, they immediately right away. There's uh, pin attempts left and right, and Deanna just she. She's so fucking smart, man. I, I, I'm really, really enjoying Deanna Perazzo. Within within seconds, Duke, she 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 zones in on the right shoulder that's taped up of Anna J. That's what she's working on the rest of the match. That's what she's sinking her Fujiwara armbar in. It's going to the right. Um, everything that she does, the Venus de Mayo, uh, I believe it's called the Venus de, de Mayo. Is that her, her submission? Maybe. Uh... We'll keep an eye on that. I Something believe, that I, we yeah. always get the rules wrong. We'll get Venus it right eventually. Venus uh, uh, and yeah, short shorter match, but holy shit, I did not realize how good Deanna Peraza was. You um, didn't? I dude, I knew from jump really when I saw her wrestle Mercedes. I watched the Mickey James fight, and I, I thought it was good. 
Nah, well, you gotta really watch. This, Go back and rewatch the match we had with Mercedes for the title on Dynamite. Yeah, it was can, good. You can find it, it. Don't get me wrong; that was a good match. And, that's that's and how I, I knew. I and same with the Mickey James, uh, uh, the infamous one from last year. And I, I liked them both. Don't get me wrong. I, I just, I didn't realize how much of a technical wizard she is. This is what I guess I'm trying to say. Oh my God! I need the match with Serena Deeb now. Yes, Holy please. shit. Serena Deeb's being built up for being back for a while. We're going to need somebody for Deanna yeah. to beat to get into that contention, bro. We're going to need it. Give, give need him it. one of those 15-minute collision matches. Do it. Let him let him Cowards. Play. You want cowards. Story, the story here is the post-match, which was a legit 10 out of 10. Um, Renee goes to interview Perrazzo in the ring, who said she doesn't know what's gotten into Tony. They used to be sisters. It's clear Storm has changed, but so has Perrazzo. She's the greatest technical women's wrestler, the virtuosa. Dude, this entire Japanese, or sorry, this entire generation of female wrestlers all like pretty much wrestled in Japan at some point. It's kind of insane. Like, and I this goes way back, and they were uh, they were both uh, people were posting pictures of the, of Tony Storm and Diana Prazo going after the the big title against each other in Stardom. Like they were there at the same time. Really cool to see. Um, Storm, she's insulted. She sits on Luther's shoulders. She's calling Prazo an artificially tan hag. She would go and sock her in the face, but instead, uh, she throws she throws it to a commercial, and she has Mariah May throw a shoe at her, and she's gonna punch her in the box, which actually pops Renee and Diana. That's a legit. She fucking corpsed them, dude. She got him. Renee legit pops. Um, and uh, watch for the shoe. Well, what do you think she meant by the box, buddy? Oh, we know. She clarified. She did. Sean Ross Sapp was like, I just got clarification. She did say box. <laughs> oh, jeez. Tony Storm's the goat. This is fucking, this is such a great character. And of course, it's on a fucking world-class women's wrestler. So we get a quick match. Well, where where does Tony party. come up with these lines, by the way? Artificially I, I tanned high, bro. It's like she's like got... RJ City helps her, too. So I could see that. RJ's pretty fucking smart, and he's pretty hilarious. So Hey, EW with Mariah May. Apparently, it's hilarious. Yeah, I, I, someone I, I always am hesitant to throw those on. I don't know why he's hilarious and consistent. I just don't always... I don't know. I, maybe I should just watch it. I think it. I've seen every episode. I'm not even kidding. It's it's like my favorite... I've uh, seen every episode with a person I not, like on it. That's fair. Uh, we get Private Party versus Top Flight. And, um, wow, you guys want to talk about, people always like to say, you know, restore the feeling. Hashtag restore the feeling. It's even trademarked now. This felt like a Dynamite match in 2019. And I mean that in all the right ways. Dude, if you told me this was the first month of Dynamite and this is a match we watched, this is the shit I was looking forward to when AEW was announced. Two tag teams, both awesome, both young. Honestly, guys that no one ever really knew before AEW. You never knew these guys. Like, Private Party, I remember on the BTE videos, when they announced they signed Private Party, and then they showed this little highlight package. Everyone's like, who the fuck are those guys? Who the fuck is Griff Garrison? Who the fuck? And, guys, this match is just a fucking... It's a really good time. Um, They let them cook, to say the least, and they're going to run it back, I think. So, yeah, um... Uh, any thoughts you had on this match other than just just a lot of fun? Youth, exuberance, and uh, Dante Martin is incorporating some things into his uh, arsenal that make him seem like more of like an intelligent, like gigabrain wrestler as opposed to just meathead flippy boy, you know, like uh, which is Lip- good. 
Uh, you cannot contain Mark Mark Quinn. His horny is legendary. And uh, by the way, did you like how they uh, incorporated the hoya into the fucking entrance? I, I kind of dug yes. that. entrance is a little bit better now. Not that it was bad before, but it's like now it's just even more lit than it was. And um, they're cooking. They let them cook, Charlie. They let these two young teams cook on Dynamite. It is like 2019 again. It's, we're back. This this was literally Dynamite on 2019. Like that. We are. I, I'm not kidding you. So. Yeah. And then, bro, the fucking hook signal went out after this, bro. Yep. Um, We get the quick video package of Sting and Darby Allin's history as a tag team. They show a recap of all the matches. They said they want to be AEW tag team champions. Excalibur questions, who was Sting's last opponent at Revolution? There's so many questions. Uh, planning doubt. They are planting uh, some doubts that it could be Ricky Starks and Big Bill. What I'm guessing is going to happen is they're going to get those titles off of them. In, in February and wrestle the Young Bucks. You got to feel for Ricky and Big Bill if they do that, but this title reign sucked. So at the end of the day, it is what it is, right? It's just, it was just it was a misfire because they knew that if CM Punk had stuck around, that he would have won the world title off of CM Punk and then probably won the world title, honestly. No cap. Like, because um, it seemed like that was the direction we were going in, you know what I mean? Um, and yeah. they thought they could placate it by giving him another title. It didn't work. Big Bill don't think benefited from this that much. Ultimately, no. I mean, I, I appreciate FCR putting him over, but it's just it hasn't worked. It is what it is. No, it's good for their careers. I just don't know. Does what does Big Bill do after this? Do you think he sticks around with Ricky? And how does that help them as a, individuals? Like, yeah, because Ricky needs to go back into the singles title division probably after this, right? Like. We gotta figure if you can even get him back to that point. I hate this. <laughs> Ricky might be on WWE SmackDown after this feud, brother. Who knows? Um, Chris Jer- we open up uh, Rampage with Chris Jericho defeating Matt Seidel. Pretty solid match, actually. Um, I'm, I'm liking this this work rate Seidel we're getting. Matt Seidel and Queen Aminata are just popping up everywhere. They're on fucking good matches. So, whatever. All right, you just made a mixed tag team. Thank you for that. Yeah, right? Um... It's just a good match, you know. Just a just a good rampage match. Nothing you're you're looking at going like, oh, that was the greatest thing I've ever seen. But um, kind of the story. When was the last time that it wasn't just like an individual match, but an episode of Rampage made you go, "Damn, that was really fucking good." Been a little bit. Definitely been a wee bit. Um, to catch that beats the crap out of Jericho at the entrance ramp. So I'm guessing that's the Revolution match. There should be a double turn in that match, man. Um, Not a fucking chance Jericho is turning heel right now. <laughs> Penta Osato Miedo defeats Anthony Henry in four minutes. It was only four minutes, but man, that was a good four-minute match. They kicked the shit out of each other. Uh, I, I, hey, I'm always cool seeing these two guys cook. Again, if you give them 12 minutes, they're going to fucking put on a really good match. So... um. Uh, Matt Menard joined us for commentary for the rest of the night uh, starting this match. So, more Matt. Always down. Um, What's it called? Uh, we're not skipping over. To, yeah, we're not skipping over Harley Cameron like it being choked. Uh, Harley Cameron for kissing uh, Cool Hand Ange. Bro, Harley might have liked that a little too much, my guy. She, she, hey. Uh, Soraya's urging. Uh, she goes on to say the whole thing was Anna Jay's fault. 
And while she's doing this, Renee's giving this fucking look of disgust to uh, Soraya. Soho and Cameron go off to find Anna Jay, and Renee looks just, she's so disappointed. And, uh, you know, cool. Uh, again, I don't know why I like this stupid little storyline as much as I do, but it's it's enjoyable, I guess. I don't know. I think Kool and Ange and Ruby are cool. And knowing they're a real life thing, I guess, is, uh, it always adds that nice extra little element. And look, non title storyline, do what you got to do. You know, fucker got to kiss Harley Cameron. Harley Cameron got to kiss him. Who's lucky? Both of them. So, moving on. Chris Statlander, Queen Aminata. Again, our workhorse. Duke, Queen Aminata. What the Send hell? Send it. Push this, push this lady to the top. Why not? You're this using her another, this much. This is another good Queen this Aminata This is the match. sky blue gauntlet, bro. If they're going to start just shoving somebody in and saying, hey, wrestle the fucking most matches this year, you'll, you'll be a potential champion or associated with a champion by the end of this. Like... And uh, they they had a really good match again. Um, I like when they do their around the ring chop battle. I, I like that. Uh, Queen, let's go, Queen. She's getting chance every week. She got chance during Thunder Rosa. Let's talk about that match in a minute, which I feel like that was the best one she's had so far. Uh, it's close with the Karoshita. It's close. Karoshita was awesome. But uh, yeah, I Rampage has really been cooking with the women's matches lately. If you know what, if we're gonna say something about Rampage right right now, the women's matches on Rampage have kicked fucking ass in 2024, and this is another example. So, really good looks for both of them. Jay Lethal wants to get back in ring action. Um, there's an argument between Sanjay and Satnam Singh about who they should kick off: Jeff Jarrett or Karen. Satnam Singh says, "You know what? We should make the executive decision. <laughs> executive decision: kick Jeff Jarrett and keep Karen." Hey yo. Now, he's thinking with his other head. Um, Sanjay goes on to say, what are you talking about? Lethal walks off thinking it's time to go after singles gold. Renee asks Chris Statlander and Stokely Hathaway about the nature of their relationship. Willow shows up. and She's just getting to the arena since her flight was canceled. And then um, <laughs> there's a little back and forth about Stokely. He's like, canceled, canceled? She's like, no, someone canceled my flight. And he's like, well, if you were really her best friend, maybe you would have just taken Soul Plane. <laughs> this motherfucker, dude. Um, Chris Statlander touched Stokely's hand. And my God, you think the man fell in love. And then she says, we're going we're gonna to work through this. Willow's like, we? You're giving him a chance? Stokely as Chris, ha- uh, Chris Statlander's manager. Dude. Stokely's <laughs> in. These little storylines are so much fun. Like Stokely, Stokely had that wants, face, like we're in boys. Stokely just wants he's like he has one goal right now: manage pretty woman. I must do what I must do. Nah, he's got a type, bro. He likes women that are bigger than him. Nah, he's so funny. God, he is so. Jade Cargo and now Chris Statlander. This man has a type. Let's go. Darby Allen, Jeff Hardy, main event. Um. This was Darby Allen is so good at wrestling television matches. Uh, he's the TV match MVP. It feels like sometimes, and this match it was just it was all over the place. It was relaxed rules. They were beating the crap out of each other. Big big spots, including tables, including chairs. Darby drove in a fucking chair that Jeff was he escaped from. Jeff Hardy in singles action was cooking. Yo, I he. Ah, uh, he's so always been the better some, single wrestler with, you know, with the two bros. We're like, no matter what, even if guys are getting towards the end of their career, we're like, uh, your tag team will do them better. 
This was better than any tag team match he's had since his recent return. Dude. I'm going to keep it a buck. I this think Jeff can awesome. still go. I think Jeff can actually he still, can still go. Maybe not at the rate that he could, but he can still do the stuff that he does well that he's done a million times. You know, the, the stuff that, yes. like, the, the classic and, and Jeff Hardy stuff. He, he's Jeff fucking Hardy. Matt, I don't think, can anymore. I think that's what it is. And I think no. they try to compensate for the lack that Matt can do. And, and I'm not trying to shit on Matt Hardy because I bet he probably goes not. out and has a no, match it's, it's, next week that makes me go. keeping it a buck. He can he can have a good match still. It's just the one match he's going to have that month. You know what I mean? And that's fine. You know what I mean? But like, I think you know, Matt works better in these multi man matches. He he was agreed. Really he can get a, a good spot. Remember when he was just trio with Private Party, bro? That he worked yeah. well and, in and that. You know what? I think I think we need Jeff. This has fully convinced me. I know Did the Jeff Darby singles Allen. run. Yeah, and and everyone looks great with Darby Allen, right? Darby's so good at that, and that's why Darby's special. But, Who would you put Jeff against if you're going to put him in singles? Like, just because you're going to need a TV feud because you can't put him against the title probably right away. But what about Jeff and Eddie Kingston for that title? Yeah, you, but you, to get there, though, we got to get there first. We can't just throw him again. I mean, he's a big enough star, I mean, but yes, I don't... again, Eddie's feuding with Danielson. There's a whole nother layer. But I'm uh, even when Sting's gone, let's run this program. Yeah, no, let Jeff sure. cook. Let him cook. I bet so, he can still cook. This. Jeff Hardy was always better in singles, I think, anyway. He was a great wrestler with the Hardy. I still can't believe Jeff and CM Punk were in the same company again, and we didn't get the match. They they out. were. I know. I, the infamous rematch of their of their ladder match from, it just from never WWE. Worked out. It just didn't work out. Jeff was gone for a long period, and so was Punk. You know what I mean? It just didn't work out. You know what I mean? Um, and then Punk somehow you know, was back Jeff twice before Copeland? Jeff came back once. You know what I mean? Insane, Give me but. Jeff Hardy versus Adam Copeland. I bet they put on a great match. Jeff Hardy versus Christian. There's an argument for that. Yeah. I mean, they're both heels um, right but, now. Uh, but whatever, it, you know? as, as I've always read before, if you like car crash matches, this is the definition of one, and it's a good one. So. we got a heelish Jeff here. Good move, I think. Jeff yes. as a heel probably works better at his age, you know what I mean? Because he's always kind of been a baby face anyway. And Randy, he's been a heel in his career. It's never really – they never really did anything with it, you know, like – um, I always thought they should you have done what? that Give in WWE too. Hardys against FTR after this House of Black program. I bet FTR can carry them to a phenomenal. Yes, match. they could. <laughs> Jeff Hardy cooking with Dax Harwood in the ring, dude, <clears> writes <throat> itself. That's it for uh, Dynamite and Rampage, guys. I was very, very high on the shows this week, and as always, we finished it off with Collision. And dude, another another good phenomenal show. show. Collision's so, winning. If we had rankings yeah, of like and, uh, which shows the best every week, Collision's like fucking comes during at this point. You know what I mean? Like, um, John Moxley opened up the show. We we had no uh, cold open this week. I think cold open. I think the cold open might be dead and buried, Charlie. Um, it might be and, pineapple. Okay, uh, John Moxley took on Shane Taylor, and uh, I'll try and stall on this match so that Charlie can get back and talk about this because I know he's a big fan of Shane Taylor. But um, Shane Taylor is. Um, very good at just establishing dominance early in a match, even if he's going to lose. It's something I think it's not necessarily something you always see. Uh, Shane Taylor is very good at making you even think for a second that he might actually win a match, even though you know he's not winning. It's funny because Shane Taylor is kind of like Dolph Ziggler. There's so many matches Dolph Ziggler needed to win that he just didn't win, and Dolph Ziggler knows best. Um, I guess I should call him Nick Nemeth now that he's out on the out on the indie prowl. But you know, Nick Nemeth is infamous for always losing matches that it felt like he needed to win, and his career never. Got it. Iota even worse because of it. You know, he was always the break glass in case of emergency guy. Shane Taylor may be that guy for Ring of Honor, honestly. Um, I do like the mentioning the Shingo match with John here. It makes complete sense to do so, especially with the synergy between New Japan and AEW. I think you probably want to lean on that, especially because you're probably not going to have a partnership with AAA anymore now that they're signed up with TNA. 
So if you're not going to be able to get guys like Vikingo, at least make sure you're shoring up the shores with New Japan, even though New Japan kind of fades into obscurity for a little bit while they look for new stars. Um, it's interesting because I think these guys have kind of a similar philosophy when it comes to matches. I could be completely wrong about that, but I kind of like, in terms of like their uh, characters at least, they definitely have a sort of similar brawly MMA kind of like sort of style. Um, I think that worked out really well to get the show going. Um, they let, you know, let, let Shane cook. Um, there's like this shoot kick sort of like knee deal at the end. It was pretty cool. You know, he choked him out. I still think Shane looked great here. Um, I actually wonder though, um, I keep always asking Charlie this and I'll have to try and throw the question to him when he gets back. But, um, if they ever going to let Shane Taylor fucking finally unleash what he can actually do, I don't think the answer is yes to that anytime soon, but it does disappoint me a little bit, but um, I mean, he can make anybody look like a fucking star, including somebody like John Moxley, who already is one. I mean, John Moxley doesn't need any help being made to look like a star. And Shane Taylor somehow manages to take him and elevate him. You know, I just—it's absurd. It shows the know? prowess of Shane Taylor. Yeah, I love—I love me some Shane Taylor. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, so I was just—I was saying, uh, are they ever going to let him uncork, bro? Because they just haven't yet. Are they going to let him fucking unleash what he can actually do, or is Shane Taylor forever going to be the break glass in case of emergency guy? I, I comped him to Nick Nemeth. He might be that guy for Ring of Honor. You know? Um, yeah. <laughs> Maybe they'll get a catastrophic injury in the Ring of Honor division. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I don't want that. No, thank God. No, please. God, no. No. Uh, Hook no. and Joe got a recap of the star-making performance that took place on Dynamite, as you should. When that kind of shit happens, you got to hit that shit. Make sure you're hitting it and hitting it over again like it's a fucking pipe. Hit it a fucking pipe. Um, hit the fucking pen. Um, Cope opener uh, up next. Uh, one of the best segments in wrestling right now. Probably. Is it the best? Shit. It might be. It's one of my favorite things ongoing. It's the thing I look forward to the most right now. It's pretty up there. I uh, took on Dante Martin this week, Charlie, and we were watching this together, and when fucking Dante's music hit, bro, we were both locked in. We were like, let's fucking go. Um, and Dante, Charlie, he can hang with a guy like Adam Copeland, and that makes me so excited for this kid's career. I mean, we was already excited before. He's one of our pillars, but this kid is cooking, Charlie. Oh, they're letting yep. people cook right now, and it's crazy. That has been the showcase so far this year that they've been doing across all the AW shows. They're letting people fucking cook as they should. They did an interview afterward where they put over Dante, and uh, Adam Copeland's like, you better come correct or don't come at all. Wait. <laughs> no, but he said something to that effect. You know what I mean? No, he said something to that effect, though. He's basically like, you better fucking you know, show up or I'm going to fucking eat you alive, basically. You know what I mean? Um, which, I mean, hey. Fucking Cope Open is just cooking right now, Charlie. Just talk to me about this right now. Just really fucking great stuff. No, yeah, um, 100%. Uh, the Cope Open right now is the thing I'm looking forward to the most each and every week. Dante Martin dodged a spear by fucking doing a flip over it. Um, Dante Martin got speared out of midair. These matches are requiring a lot from... from uh, from our guy here, uh, Adam Copeland. Jesus, I don't know I was blanking. You know what's crazy? What I said that was out of pocket's not even crazier than what Copeland himself said. Cope, Cope said there were young, hungry talents, and he called himself a five-course meal. And he was like, I don't even know what that means. <laughs> no, he he knows, bro. He knows. And um, I, I'd take a bite. Wait, what? <laughs> and it's uh, it's just one of those scenarios where Adam Copeland right now and I'm curious what your what your thoughts are on this. Adam Copeland right now to me. This he doesn't feel like 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 he was putting, you know, Edge was a character, right? 
I think Adam Copeland in AEW right now is as close to the Adam Copeland human as possible. It feels like the guy out there wrestling. He doesn't feel like a character. And I think that's bleeding through the product in the best way. What does so, that say about him? Because he, he sat in that character in the WWE for so many years and then came back and slipped right back into it. And he's been the best at just being able to play that like evil, sadistic bastard that he was you know, back in the day so well. And he slips right out of that into Adam Copeland, and it's the best thing he's ever done. It's like probably the best work that he's had since he came back in his career, right? Like, I yeah. mean, so it's it's just truly remarkable stuff. And um, yeah, I'm with you on this. I think I think he's cooking. I, I'm just I'm looking forward to where we go from here, and and I just I wanted to say that because I, I think that's important to note about about what Adam's doing right now, and I it's resonating so much with fans. I think. I mean, um, it really is. I mean, I think this is a really good way to get people starting started going down the star path. I think uh, Dante's already kind of been on that trajectory for a little while now, but I think this just catapults him further ahead. You know what I mean? Um, so, you know, who, who, who's, uh, you said you wanted Tony Nese for this, right? That was who you threw at me the other day. Um, well, I was trying to predict who the next one would be, and we know now it's Minoru Suzuki. So, I, I, what a fucking dream match for fucking Adam here. Honestly, just um, truly a dream match for him, and I think it's going to be very special. How many fucking? It's crazy because AEW is going to go down is insane because like you have all these oldsters that like would like troll the indies for years and just have terrible matches with dog shit wrestlers. You know, like that's like dead now with AEW around because you could just go to AEW if you're an old guy who maybe can't have the matches you did like ten years ago. They'll they're gonna make it work. You know what I mean? I mean. How is oh, yeah. it that Christian Cage versus Adam Copeland? No offense to the guys. They're both just so old. How can that be one of the best matches coming out of a pay-per-view? That's insane to me. You know, like. <laughs> yeah. It's just, it's a new. Man, I, I still, I still sometimes just get a little, uh, get a little giddy when I think about Adam Copeland and AEW. Because I'll be honest with you. I was a little worried about it when he first was potentially being on the way. I was like. He just hasn't done anything that I really was that that excited by. Nothing rustled my jimmies and nothing really rustled the jimmies of the wrestling world besides Judgment Day, which fucking ultimately failed with him in it. You know what I mean? Like, like I I was worried that he wasn't going to be, that he was going to just be there for the check. You know what I mean? That he was just going to be wrestling matches and taking up TV time. And he's not. He's actually doing everything that I was hoping he would do. He's turning the next generation into stars. You know what I mean? As you should at his age. Not that you can't still have these insane matches, but he's also doing, he's doing it all. He is him. Brian Nielsen and Claudio Castiglione were backstage cutting a pretty good promo uh, back and forth. Um, Sorry. They could, yeah, they could come over backstage. Like, so, um, sorry, this, I, I have my segments all screwed up here. I, I didn't separate them out properly. Um, So, sorry, I don't know. I have something weird here. Um, yeah, backstage here. I think my notes got screwed up here, um, because I have this in here and then I have something that I think was going in the previous matches notes because it's something about chops and stuff like that. And I'm like, what? No, that doesn't make sense. They didn't wrestle till later. You know what I mean? But anyway, um, point is, uh, you know, they, they had a good segment backstage. What did you have any thoughts on this, Charlie? I mean, you know, they were shitting on Eddie Kingston and, you know, uh, like good hype for the main event. I feel like this would have traditionally. Uh, I I couldn't help but notice those shirts. What the fuck was those? Uh, 
Yeah, a lot of shirts. people like popped for them when they first like showed them on Twitter. I don't know, man. Are they good? AW merch kind of fucking blows. I'm gonna keep it a buck, you know. Like it blows my mind how weak AW merch is compared to when the Young Bucks were before AW. Every fucking shirt them and Kenny put out was a hit. It blows my mind. Yeah, I'd... there are some good ones. Don't the Reho yeah. shirt from like three weeks ago is fucking classic. I would wear that in a heartbeat. No, I mean there's good stuff. It's just like it's like it's it's, it's, it's surrounded by a sea of just meh. You know what I mean? Like eh, whatever. I feel like we're past the golden era of wrestling t-shirts. That's probably that's probably fair. Um, damn, I missed I fucking missed stuff in my notes this week probably because I wasn't like paying as much of attention even though we watched this. Game. I don't know what the fuck happened there, but good thing I have this fucking article because I'm going off that right now. Uh, come back on commercial top flight action and ready backstage with Lexi as well. Um, this is when private party come in and they're like. You know, um, you know, like basically, they they put the they put the fucking do rag on fucking Lexi, which was pretty funny. Brilliant. Um, you know, Mark Quinn's basically like, yeah, you know, lost my balance. Why grab the rope to beat them? And then we're like, all right, fucking rematch. Cool. <laughs> okay, fine. I fuck it. I mean, just this is the best of seven series, Charlie. What's happening here? Like, what are we doing? Like. I, I'm cool if it is. Um, let's let's run this on Rampage and give him 20 minutes. Hell yeah, dude. I'm down. Let's do two matches on Rampage next week. Fucking uh, a 20-minute women's and a 20-minute this. Okay. Um, yeah. Fuck it. Break the mold. Hey, I'm down. Let these two young young stallion teams cook. You know what I mean? Um, Thunder Rosa took on Queen Aminata. They had some, uh, apparently, according to this match, they had some early miscommunications, which means they probably just had, like, a fucking wrestling segment or something, and they just didn't like it. You know what I mean? Like, I, yeah, I don't been. remember this at all, starting off rough, but whatever, you know, fine. Um, this was Rosa's first match back in singles since August of 2022. Um, they're trading holds back and forth. Yeah, that's literally what happened. What are they fucking... Anyway. Uh, bro, people just don't understand that the wrestling. I swear to fucking hell. I don't understand it, but I understand to know, like, when I don't know that it's... I can't say that that was bad. They did fine. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, right? Um, unless this is Brian Alvarez writing this, and like, what did he ever do? You know what I mean? Like, fuck. Like, you know, like... Anyway. That son of a bitch. Rosa went... Rosa was, like, I think good here. I do think Aminata benefits from being put in all these insane matches. What I'm confused by, though, is, like, it does feel a little bit like how we would have people back in the day, back in the dark era, where they would just, like, float having these good matches. I mean, Sky Blue did it for, like, almost two years, you know what I mean? Like, and then recently got into the, they finally broke in. I don't want to see Aminata do that. I want to see Aminata actually get a spot. Um, You know... They did a lot of really good stuff here. The trading of the farms is great, you know. <clears throat> Some heavy kicks to the back of the head and stuff like that. Um, that face wash kick, by the way, that 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 uh, Rosa hits. Not everybody hits that face wash shit well. Sometimes it looks completely dog shit. I'm not even gonna lie. It doesn't look good in 2K when you use it. Like it's just not. You know what I mean? Like I don't know. It's, just, yeah. it's a weird move. Big clothesline, Meteora in the corner, hitting that. You know, he's that drop kick in the ropes. Northern Lights Suplex. Honestly, like, there's a lot of really good stuff here. Aminata is obviously a very proficient wrestler all around. I'm curious, though. Like, we keep talking about how good she is. Are they going to do anything with her? You know, she takes, she takes the L to the Tijuana bomb. Rose is obviously going to be on a roll toward one of the titles yeah. at this point. What what are we doing with, with Queen Aminata? Because she's, she's, I feel like at this point, she's had she's, so many matches think, in such a short time. She's established as a star. Yeah. Not a star, a star established as a wrestler at this point in this program. What do we do with her? Yeah, like, right. 
I, I literally think we're doing the sky blue workhorse angle. I, I think we're literally running it with a different wrestler. And I, I think that's fine. It really worked for sky blue. So we just got to see if, it, if, if queen benefits from it. And if she is able to go to that next level, being known as the workhorse and getting all these reps, sky blue, just, she kept her name kept popping up. And then all of a sudden she teams with Julia and now sky blue is working on her character. You know, she's just in the next phase of her, of her uh, career, really. So, I think they're trying to replicate the exact same thing. That's fair. I, I just, I want, I want them to do something with her instead of just like not using her and then having her only show up in just like every other match that a woman needs to have. And it's just like, fuck. I don't want to see her wrestling Serena Deeb in two weeks. You know what I mean? That's not what I want. It would be a great match. But I don't want that to be the trajectory. I want her trajectory to be like, up, you know what I mean? As opposed to like lateral or like horizontal, whatever the fuck that would be. I don't want her to be stagnant. I want her to keep going up, 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 up. Like I felt like she has been like, it needs to keep. Otherwise, I feel like it's a waste of time. But that's just me. Not that I don't think she's worth it. But I just, you know, this is an infamous thing AEW does, man. They'll be like, they'll get you fucking excited about a wrestler. And then just, they won't be on TV for like four months, you know? And it's like, what the fuck are we doing? Like the Keith Lee effect, if you will, you know, like, eh. Well, Keith Lee is a lot of times motivated by injuries, I feel like. But whatever, you know, like, uh, Eddie Kingston and Ortiz were backstage with Lexi. Lexi fucking was just working overtime this week, bro. I feel like we read that Lexi was on these segments, like, every single time for both of my shows. Like, she, she was, like, she getting that fucking check. Um, oh, yeah. Ortiz was, like, talking about, like, how families sometimes fight. But they're on ter- good terms again. Basically, they had to, like, correct for the storytelling they tried to do, but then dropped... Uh, which unfortunate, but what it is, what it is, you know, they had to do this so that I guess so that Eddie had a tag partner here. I don't know why they couldn't have just tagged him with someone else, but whatever, you know, like uh, if they, if they were that worried about that story that they didn't actually even tell, you know what I mean? Like um, Kingston was just mad that he had to cut a promo before his match and left. And he's like, I'm out. And so, King, you know, Kingston and Ortiz, short little segment here. The Bang Bang Gang, Bullet Club Gold, New Ring of Honor, six-man tag team champions, made their way down to the ring. Colton Gunn then ripped off the DX intro uh, and took credit for it because, of course, he did. Um, and uh, Jay White, as, as, as the Bullet Club always does when they're ripping something off, pretending like he had no idea where it came from, you know? Um, they're back. They're, you know, they're happy being back on Collision, but, uh, you know, they, they thought something was missing, Charlie. I thought Card Blade was back. Card Blade has been replaced with Cardboard Juice Robinson, Charlie, who got a yes. Um, yes. And they went to wrap things up, and then the acclaim come out. Billy Gunn congratulates them on their win as the champions. Noted that they could do so much more. Max Caster reiterated that they were going to make it. They should make a super group because they'd be unstoppable. Caster said the people wanted to see everyone in the group win more gold, so the people chanted "Bang Bang Scissor Gang." As Bowens asked everyone to throw up their scissors and and their guns, of course, you know. And the Bullet Club accepted the offer, which I was not expecting, I'll be honest with you. Because I just, as much as I think, I remember saying a couple weeks ago on the show, this would be the most over-faction on TV. I just don't like, it's kind of like what the guns and the acclaim before. It feels like it's got a very short trajectory, you know, like. Um, yeah. And if in six weeks we're not having this as a feud, and how are we going to get there? What's going to be the motivation to get these two to turn on each other, or these two groups to turn on each other, and want to unify these titles? You know, like I don't know. It, I don't know how we get there, and that's where I think we may be a little bit off on that. 
But I'm just, I don't know what the angle is or the direction. Do you have any thoughts, Charlie? Because I just, I'm very lost at this point when it comes to this angle. No, I think it's pretty, I think it's pretty clear cut. I mean, Jay White is not going to, not going to be with these guys long. He's going to fucking beat the shit out of them. It's going to be emotional. It's going to be fantastic. And, you know, it just, it again, we're in a process now where AW's buying time towards the pay-per-view and they got to get you to care about something. And Jay, Jay White, no matter what he does, people are going to care about. And instead of just having trios matches every week, again, of course, they're having one next week as, as I say this. But you can do something in, in the meantime. And I, I think it'll, uh, hopefully it, it, it just, Hopefully it's enjoyable week in and week out because I think these guys did have some really good chemistry here. Actually, I, I think I think we're learning more about Austin. I mean, Austin's just he's the goofball of the group, right? Outside of Juice, but uh, you know, we're he. I, I think Austin wants to be with his father again, and I, I hope that I think that's an angle that they're going to play into. So, I'll tell you my favorite thing about this was them saying. We know Jay White, you should be the world heavyweight championship. I mean, fuck, if you're going to speak to him, you know, that's uh, that's how you're going to talk to him properly. So if it's manipulation tactics by the acclaimed or if Jay's, you know, still not buying the shit, that, that's how you want to talk to him, right? So 100%. Yeah, I'm, I'm with the Wrestling Observer guy here, though. I didn't expect him to accept it. I'm going to be honest with you. No. Didn't feel it, you know. Um, but, hey, sometimes I'm wrong. And you know what? God damn it. That's for the best. Um, we got a little video for Tom Wilson to Mariah May Luther from Wednesday's Dynamite. Storm basically admitted that she knew Deanna Perazzo and was jealous of her technical ability back in the day. That she's gonna meet her, beat her, and then eat her. Yo, I knew her from my time at the land of the she's rising gonna, sun. She's gonna eat her. Yo, yes, she said she's gonna eat her. I might have no, to pay for that she video. Was like, I remember her as our time on the land of the rising sun. Brilliant. She's too good. She's actually too good. Yeah, she really truly is. Um, yeah. Tony Storm still being hilarious, obviously. Uh, we had Daniel Garcia with FTR. And we talked about this already. It was my favorite. You know, um, they were uh, they were all pretty good, you know. I'm surprised they didn't have Danny cut into the promo this week, you know, like with FTR. I'm surprised. Hmm. Oh, well. I guess there was probably already a lot of shit on the show, so they were like, me, no. But uh, did we even mention Matt Menard being on commentary for that match, by the way? I don't know if we did. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Matt Menard popping up all over for us. What a, what a guy. Fucking Mr. Mister Mead himself. No, anyway. Um, I don't know where the fuck that came from. Um, <laughs> you know, um, oh, that's why I thought they did because they, well, they did it afterward. Aha. My brain is fucking fried, Charlie. Anyway. Um, I haven't, I have been streaming a lot this week, so that's probably part of the, or the last week, so that's probably part of the reason why. And we've been hitting rank too, bro. I've been grinding everything. Fuck. Um, we had FTR backstage with uh, Daniel Garcia, and they're like, this is when they, you know, challenge him to the steel cage match. It's elimination style. It's gonna be fucking insane. <clears throat> Matt Seidel back on his bullshit. Roderick Strong taking him on now. Bro, they're just passing Aminata and Matt Seidel around right now. Pause. But, I mean, hey, I would too. Anyway, um, but fucking yeah man like just good stuff here Roderick Strong looking I mean looking pun intended strong here you know what I mean like um, yeah just really great stuff really good grappling Slidell's getting like really really great at just hitting those like leg kicks and shit like that you know what I mean like um and he's like that that big 
bro, I honestly, I feel like we sleep on Seidel so much. We haven't been lately because I've been noticing it, but like, God damn, you know what I mean? He's just been killing people with all this good offense lately. Um, ultimately, he gets, you know, hit with an air raid crash. Sorry. He get, catches him with an air raid crash and then gets caught with a jumping knee before an end of heartache. But like, man, they're letting Seidel cook. And you know what? I'm here for it. Speaking of letting people cook, Charlie, here we go. Time for the main event, I believe. Yes, the main event. It's main event time. It's, it's time. No, sorry. I'm, I'm, losing my, I'm losing my mind here, Charlie. Uh, Eddie, Eddie and Ortiz is taking on Claudio and Brian. This is the uh, the king of the bums slaying a dragon, Charlie. Or trying to, anyway. We had some he's a bum chance. Brian Danielson, you're fucking... You are... You're... You're so a bitch for that. All right. Um, Dude, those hurt. Those broke Eddie's heart. <laughs> you kind of Tommy. In the moment, though. man. Hey, hey, man. Hey, listen, listen. He knows. Uh, this main event, I think, was worth the price of admission here. Um, Eddie and Claudio's section of this match was just fucking phenomenal, bro, which means we're probably getting that again at some point. Again, again, again. Just run it forever. It's got infinite legs. I keep saying it, but it does. Brian ends up spitting in Eddie's face after winning the match. Weakened Ortiz gets broken down by this, you know, team of just fucking insane Adonis athletes and fucking in, you know, technical wrestle wizardly. Eddie Kingston is like somehow in some way in some of the best stuff going on in AEW, even if he's only in the last segment or a random TV segment or like, bro, he is like, he's hit a fucking stride in a level that I don't think anyone really thought he had in him. Even if he really thought he had potential, like, I don't know if anyone thought he had this in him, bro. He's hanging with guys like Claudio and Brian on a regular basis now. He's looking like a star. He's making this trio of championships that he holds currently, I think, one of the more valuable titles in AEW. That's just my read on the situation. But I I think if they let this guy cook, Charlie, he might have something here. Yeah. um, I I, I have to agree. And yeah. Uh, the Continental Classic still playing into our storylines today while not feeling like they're beating us over the head is something I think we were really, really uh, championing for. You don't have to mention the tournament by name, but the impact of it is felt across everything right now. Dude, I can't wait till the next one. (laughs) I'm already just counting the days, brother. Counting the days. We got a long path there, young one, but we'll make it. I thought it was a good main event. I, I really did. And, uh, you know, Eddie Kingston, Chop City, uh, Danielson, spitting in his face. Oof. That Yeesh. is foul. Yeesh. That's tough, man. I mean, if there's if there was ever, and I think we even said this during the Continental, like if there would needed to be a first contender for Eddie, it should probably be Brian for multiple reasons, but it really should be Brian. And you know, he's got the win now; he's got the chance. Are they going to go with it? I hope so. It'd be a smart move for the pay per view, you know. Um, and and that's great TV stuff for like the next five weeks, six weeks, whatever it is, you know. Like fucking dude, if that's the call, Tony Khan's cooking, cooking, good looking. So, yeah, guys, that's it for us for this week's. Um, like we've been trying to do more, let's uh, preview next week, eh? And we'll give our little predictions on the matches here. Some of them are pretty cut and dry, but you know the vibes. Okay. Hangman Adam Page versus Penta Oseto Miedo. I'm going Hangman here. These are all Hanger for Dynamite bud. as well. 
Uh, AW Trio's titles are on the line. The acclaimed Billy Gunn facing off Brian Cage in the Gates of Agony. I got the acclaimed to Billy Gunn retaining. Oh, imagine they just throw it on fucking Gates. <laughs> Jesus. No, no, no. It's got to be them. Adam Copeland versus Minoru Suzuki. The Cope Open takes on a Japanese legend. I got Copeland retaining or uh, winning. <laughs> I mean, if they're going to have him lose any of these matches, this would be the one you could justify. Because, I mean, I mean, it's not like he's a rising star or anything. It's not like Ope, Cope needs to win, you know. But he probably beats him. But has Minoru Suzuki won any of the matches we've seen him have besides... Did he beat Danielson? Like, I can't remember. Has he beaten anybody in AEW? If not, if typical. You know, like, if, even if he has, still typical. You know, like... Yeah, right? That's a fucking stud, man. Wardlow versus Trent Beretta. I'm actually really intrigued by this matchup. Uh, no, nah, this I, could I, be... If, if they let Wardlow cook here, even if they don't, even if they just have him dominate Trent, Trent can sell really well, so that'll look good. But if they let him cook, bro, match up with like just fucking super Omega Walter type chops. Yeah, bro. I I think you could you could get like a good ten minutes out of these guys if you just let him cook. You know what I mean? Absolutely. But if you want to just do a quick little mm-hmm. couple minute squash, Trent can make it work. You know what I mean? Swerve Strickland versus Jeff Hardy. Ooh. Give me Swerve all day, but man, that's going to be a fun one. 100%. It's going to be another big win in the pocket of Swerve. Another legend for him to beat. Jeff Hardy's yep. going to show up for this because it's fucking Swerve Strickland. He knows the position they're putting Swerve into right now. And yeah, man. Got to put that generation over. You got to put him over Sting at some point. Sting and Darby Allen are going to be speaking. Timeless Tony Storm and Deanna Prazo face to face. That segment's going to be gold, dude. Because Deanna's actually is. really good on the mic too. Like people have, yeah. like, we haven't really seen we don't it have yet. The women's match yet, but uh, I'm gonna let's let's. Uh, you want to bet Queen Aminata's probably in it? Yeah, right. Um, yeah, give, give me a uh, Queen Aminata and Hikaru Shida round two. Give me Queen Aminata versus Riho somehow. Wait, right, you know who who have we not seen so far, Charlie? It's Andy, Yuka. Bro. No, well, I mean, Yuka Sakazaki's supposed to be here this year. Where is she? She should be showing. Yeah. Um, I believe she's getting established in America now. The early stuff said early February, so it could be this week, could be next week. Yuka is about to be full-time AEW. So. Bring her in. Let her cook. Thanks a lot, everyone, for checking this out. Again, if this is your first time ever checking us out, uh, really appreciate you sticking it out. I mean, you're one of the fucking... You're a grinder for sticking it out this late, man, for real. Uh, you're 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 a fan of wrestling just like we are, as we like to just get on here and bullshit for a couple hours and uh, yeah, just kind of have a good time talking to the people, letting the people know our vibes. And honestly, it's just fun for us. Who are we kidding? It's just a good time for us to hang out and chat wrestling. So uh, the passion was high um, in our close our closing section here, Duke. It, who's winning major one in the CDL? The Toronto Ultra are winning Boston Breach Major. Okay, I, I'm with you, 100%. Toronto Ultra, I got. I'm 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 going with the Toronto Phase Final. I know it's easy, but it's just it's what's happening, and it's going to be beautiful. Scrap the, the Grand Finals will still be a best of five, right? Um, I don't even know. Uh, assuming I it is, I'd say it's three two because it's going to be Phase. You know, yeah, um, it's gonna be it's gonna be pretty. So if you guys are COD fans. Um, that'll be fun this weekend. Face Toronto we is going to be an incredible matchup, though. I can't wait yeah. for it. We got uh, the Royal Rumble this upcoming week. Um, we have a big match on Collision there. 
some New Japan stuff. I believe Okada's last match in Cork and Halls tonight. Bro, 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 can you imagine how the SNDs are going to be in Toronto versus FaZe, bro? Oh, my. It's going to be awesome. Yeah, be they're just going to be shooting each other. There's no bombs. None. Some more, uh, if you're a footy fan, some more FA Cup action this weekend. We got some uh, the fucking conference championship games. There's a lot of sports going on right now, guys. Senior Bowl kicks off next week. If you guys follow me on Twitter, just, you know, I finally got back NFL into it, boys. Shit. I've been out of football for the last couple of years. You can ask Charlie. I was like, yeah, I was like as in, maybe not as in as you and, and, and our other buddy, Artie Buddy Brady and some of the other guys are, but I was pretty locked in for a couple of years there and like locked. fell off hard and just didn't care for it since COVID kicked off, like pretty much. Like, um, yeah, so. And I'm back um, in. We did tape watch today, bro. It was crazy. We were watching wide receivers. We were watching linebackers. Taco. Oh, yeah. Tape watching Taco Night might be something we have Ooh. to do. If there is an impromptu podcast on Saturday for the Rumble, so be it. If there isn't, there probably isn't. <laughs> but if there is, I'll tell you, okay. I'll keep it a buck. I'm going to watch the Rumble to see who fucking wins. I'm not going to yeah, watch the so rest of the show. If we do show. an impromptu show, I, we, we don't want to promise anything, but if we do a show, you might see one on Saturday. I'm going to watch the match. I don't think, is there, what, what else is on the show? Like, anything good? Like, uh,. Good. I don't know. Roman, Randy Orton, AJ Styles, and LA Knights a match. I know that. And Kevin Owens, Logan Paul is actually probably going to be. That'll probably. I'll probably watch that. I'll I'll check that match out. That'll be a good one. So, thanks everyone for hanging out with us. We will. uh, We'll catch you next week on Eat Sleep Elite. Where, uh, yeah, hopefully we're talking about uh, new trios champions again. (laughs) That would be insane, bro. Oh shit! All right, we'll catch you guys later. Thanks so much for hanging around.